From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Well, 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 Dan Zaro, chief meteorologist, just called tomorrow the nicest day of the week. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, God is great. And we're going to be out there for a long time from about probably five to five. Whew. One of our longer days of the year. Well, I, I shouldn't say that because it's one of our longer events and time spent during the year. Because the typical day is about 2 a.m., until about who knows seven eight p.m. Whenever we get done, but five to five shift tomorrow. I remember last year. Oh, it was a hot one, and the meet AC cooling towel saved me. Hurley one was smoking hot inside because what happened where I usually park was not open, and so I was allowed to park. It was very convenient just outside of the uh, the garage entrance, but it left the car in the sun the entire day. I got in that car and whew, it was smoking hot. But the uh, the cool towel, if you've ever, if you've ever used one of those, whew, fantastic. They, they don't have to be soaking wet. They just need to be damp. And you, you, you ring them, you like... Up in the air, you just shake them in a circle, put it around your neck. You won't believe the difference. And you can reconstitute it because it gets hot pretty quickly. But then so I'm in the car. I don't know what it looked like to anybody driving by, but I'm whipping that sucker around, putting it back on. And it was fantastic. So check out this news. You probably have heard this by now, but it's my first opportunity to share it with you on air. That is. But the federal magistrate who approved the raid of President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, his estate, is now saying he may not unseal the search affidavit. Now, you, you know, the media wants it. The American people want to see it. If this guy, Reinhardt, does not let this be seen... And look, it really doesn't matter. I told you he wasn't going to let it be seen. And I said, if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. And of course, it looked like I was going to be wrong because every report was that he was going to release at least parts of it. But here's the reality. This government is so crooked. They are so dirty. They were going to redact anything that they wanted to. And then they would put out these Rorschach black sheets of paper where you wouldn't see anything anyhow. Reinhardt also said he is confident that the search warrant would reveal, quote, probable cause that evidence of multiple federal crimes would be found at Mar-a-Lago. See, to give permission for this raid, he had to conclude that. We're learning over the past several hours that 
it appears now there's this has to be vetted and it has to really be looked at, but it appears that documentation exists that will prove that the GSA packed all of the documents in boxes and sent them to Mar-a-Lago. Wouldn't that be checkmate? Wouldn't that end it? Wouldn't that prove no intent by President Trump to remove anything? And remember, they, they really, they're really taking a big risk here. Because you have a former president that's going to at some point be opening up a presidential library that they maintain papers, millions of papers actually, in these presidential libraries. And then I'm wondering, uh, I thought Jesse Waters had some really good work last night. You had Bill Clinton with all of these recordings of work within the Oval Office. He took the tapes. That That's no different than taking documents. That's not personal. You're the president. You're in there working. That's, that is a government product. Of course, no raid on him. Never any raid on Hillary. Sandy Burglar, who do you think sent him in there to stuff documents down his pants? Nothing happens to him. Doesn't even lose his security clearance. And look at this. So you know something must be important important for me not to open with uh, Anthony Fauci is leaving. What a bum. What what a crumb bum. You know what I was thinking about yesterday upon the news that Fauci would retire the most overpaid, highest paid government employee in America. That little dope that's still lying about gain of function, still lying about the origins of COVID-19. What do you think is so important to him that that can't have happened in China? Maybe because they gave a lot of money and believe it or not, still give money. Can you believe we are still paying that Wuhan Institute of virology after all of this. Deborah Burke said it's China. She was the closest thing to an honest broker out of the whole bunch. By the way, totally unrecognizable. Different hairstyle, different hair color, no more scarves. I mean, she I, I'm sure she she just wanted to not look like the person that was on those briefings every day. I'm not saying if she looks better or looks worse or whatever. I'm just saying dramatically different. Unrecognizable almost. But she's been she's been pretty honest. This Fauci though, oh my God, to the very end, that no one, no one is saying that this happened in in China. What what could he possibly be talking about? No one's saying it. Everybody is saying it except him. The guy that looks like Santa Claus, I forget his name. Not really like Santa Claus, but a little bit. 
bearded man, white beard. He says it. Burke says it. Interesting. Anybody that's left says it. Anyone that's still there doesn't say it. Because also remember, that would mean Trump is right. Remember, the media called it the China virus, Wuhan virus, and all of this. And then all of a sudden, whoa, wait a minute now. We're, we're, we're unwittingly supporting Trump. We got to make this racist. So when Trump would say China virus, I never saw people flip their scripts so quick in my life and pretend they never said anything. When they set it up and down. Again and again and again. Until all of a sudden they decided, we can't say that anymore. So number 19, the bad baseball pitcher, Fauci, retiring. He will not be Hall of Fame. He will not make it onto a Hall of Fame ballot. But he don't 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 worry, though. He wants you to know he's not retiring. He's just leaving government employment. He's evidently going to continue the great work that he does. We'll be back. It's early in the morning. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's going to be a very, very exciting day. Kirk Conover is going to join us at 7. We will have Chuck Malamut at 8. And on very short notice, he gave me a call yesterday. Rick Shafton, who is a longtime political consultant, he will be joining us this morning in the 9 o'clock hour. No surprise, I told you this would be the case, but this whole Mar-a-Lago FBI search, you talk about, see, here's, here's what you have to, I think, embrace. When you suffer from something as debilitating as Trump derangement syndrome, it affects everything. It affects your good judgment. Decisions you would typically make, you make the wrong decision. You con- you consistently go too far and you wind up looking like Adam Schiff. Amazing that the media still puts this guy on their airways and airwaves. Shocking. Amazing. He said so many things that turned out not to be true. But from the very beginning, I said, I would prefer this not have happened. But this is a big time boost for President Trump. I said it from the beginning. It would be a fundraising bonanza and his numbers would go up. The reason I knew that is because I never lose faith in the American people. I am very, very fortunate. I get to talk to people all over the country all the time. And when you hear certain things again and again and again, no matter where it is, any state in the union, I have always believed in the inherent fairness of the American people. You can, for a short period of time or a certain period of time, you can snooker the American people because we're only human. Like they got away with deplatforming people who were telling the truth. 
They got away with saying the Hunter Biden laptop is fake, that it's Russian propaganda. They got away with their 51 beautiful people that signed that letter saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was not true. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait for them. All 51 of them. Should, should, however many of you want to show, subpoena's on its way. Can't wait to see that. Like, where did you get that from? Where, why would you sign something like this? How could you possibly not know that it was real? People that had it knew it was real. Because the the reason is they wanted Trump out. So the ends justified the means. This was CIA directors and all kinds of people that signed the letter. So I knew from the beginning that this FBI raid would be a big boost for President Trump. Now it's not me saying it. NBC News poll, which also showed that 75 percent of the American people believe that we are on the wrong track. But but listen to them keep telling you how great the Democrats are doing, though. And oh, my gosh, this could be really close. I mean, I told you they were going to lie and lie and lie because liars lie about lying. It's simple. It's very simple. But the NBC News poll has shown that President Trump's support has gone up more than 7% since May. It's clearly based upon the Mar-a-Lago raid. And I'm going to win this spectacular dinner. I hope my good friend is listening because he still swears to me that Ron DeSantis is going to be the nominee. I said, I don't want to do this. I mean, I know how this ends. President Trump is running and President Trump will win the Republican nomination. There's no Republican that can beat him. So I'm going to be eating good food. So I can tell you, I'm going to be eating well. And President Trump's numbers against DeSantis are rising all over the place and in key battleground states. So just a reminder, when you push too hard, think about it in your own life. Have you ever wanted something or just tried so hard that you can't do it? I told you about the art of free throw making, and you you are talking to someone who once made 100 consecutive free throws. That's 10 feet from the basket. And each time, three bounces and let it go. You can't aim. You can't overthink. You've got to do what you know you can do. It's repeatable. My thing was three bounces and away it went. And I was very successful. Always 90% and above free throw shooter. And if you talk to any free throw shooter, Rick Barry, uh, John Stockton, 
you know, I forget the guy's name. He did have a bit of a professional career, was a very, very good college player. And he had a thing where he would bend down and he would touch each of his socks, kind of put his hands around his ankles, and then, boom, away he would go. That was his move. Rick Barry did the underhand style. But if you look at any good free throw shooter, they do the same thing every time. I would go boom, 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 gone. You can't think. You can't overthink. You got to look, but you're not aiming. You know it. It's a feel. And you make it repeatable. If you've ever tried to do something too hard, it doesn't work. You tense up. Things that would come natural don't. If there's anything you do that requires dexterity and doing something that you have to repeat, you do it almost second nature. Kobe Bryant, that that impossible to guard fall away shot that he had, that Michael Jordan had. Repeatable. They just know it's going to go. It's it's it just just works that way. The opposite is true as well. In in their zeal, wouldn't this be absolutely? Oh, my God, it would be it would be devastating to Biden. And now it turns out that Biden, you know, he's been lying. I don't know anything about this. And evidently he's part of it because he's taking the position that the the existing president can basically declassify anything he wants or change the status of anything that he wants of a prior president. Now, in terms of executive orders, that is true. Of course, unless your name is Trump, then there have been judges that actually overturned. Remember, in the whole history of the country, an executive order leaves with that president unless the incoming president reauthorizes it and we still have an executive order from jimmy carter that each president continues to extend you might remember on day one president biden undid a bunch of president trump's executive orders and of course none of them ever get upheld challenge it before a court nope see you later get lost scram beat it trump overturned an obama executive order And a federal judge actually, and an appeals court, actually said, no, 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 that goes back into effect. How does an executive order that dies with the the leaving president, how does that possibly get reinstated? Because we are living in sick, corrupt, filthy, dirty times. So it's going to turn out Biden knew all about this because he's involved what a surprise i told you with biden all you have to do anything he says the exact opposite is true if he tells you he didn't poopy his pants he did poopy his pants everything he says the exact exact opposite is the truth every time with him it's really a hundred percent of the time he doesn't tell the truth about anything that i'm aware of
I can't remember the last time I heard him say something that I believed was true. That's how bad it's getting. But when you want somebody and you want to take them down so bad, this is what you get. Now, if Trump produces documents that show that the GSA, these government career people, packed all this stuff up, they are dog meat. That's why they don't want to they do not want to let this affidavit or or the um, the the warrant. They don't want it released. The affidavit part. They don't want any of it released. They're going to come out of this. Really, what they're going to have to do is just at some point, it's just going to be that Trump doesn't get charged. And what usually happens in these cases, none of these documents ever become public. That's the way it goes. And incidentally, it's the way it's supposed to be. Because if you're not charged, you shouldn't be smeared in the public like you're guilty. But if this all was packed by GSA employees of the federal government, it would prove no intent by Trump. And they will be finished. Absolutely finished. 31 minutes past the hour. On the Hurley in the Morning program. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it's Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio app. A New Jersey deli has been named one of the top Jewish delis in America. They've been there for over a hundred years. Fantastic story. We have it. Stockton University has made a big move as one of the best colleges for the money in all of America. And the Meet AC Air Show, uh, today's practice day, is just hours away. We have airspace restrictions and the air show schedule on the app. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Today we fall out of the fetch of deep moisture. That means rain chances go way down and humidity will be on the decrease too. We do have some patchy fog around across South Jersey. Look for a mix of sun and clouds today, high of 86 degrees. A shower may pop up this afternoon into this evening. Clearing skies tonight, low 69, and tomorrow looks like a great summer day. Low humidity, lots of sun, high 88. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 37 minutes past the hour. Hope your morning is off to a great beginning. Uh, wonderful weather today and even better tomorrow. Town Square Media, New Jersey Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow calls tomorrow the nicest day of the week, quote, end quote. This is Harry Hurley for my friends at Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals. You are seeing, we're all seeing the back-to-school commercials. It's almost time, but there are still plenty of hot days. Ambient Comfort is offering a back-to-school discount of $50 off any repair to your air conditioning or heating system before Labor Day. We've talked about the signs that your system may need repair. If you're not comfortable or you suspect a problem, don't wait. Call Ambient 
Comfort before a minor problem becomes a major one. You can trust Ambient Comfort to keep your family cool for the rest of the summer. They can repair any system, regardless of who originally installed it, to help you save energy and increase the life of your system. So we're giving you some homework. If your system is getting bad grades, simply call Ambient Comfort. That's before Labor Day and save $50 off any repair. Visit AmbientComfortNJ.com. That's AmbientComfortNJ.com or call 856-213-6586 and tell them Harry Hurley sent you. Well, 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 just remember, we have been very consistent about this. We told you in advance what the Democrat media would be doing. They would be trying to trick you into believing how well the Democrats are doing. And just remember, every subjective thing you hear will look one way, but then every objective thing you actually see will be just the opposite. Here's another case in point. We gave you one a little while ago this hour. A record percentage of Americans say they are suffering. Now, you don't hear that polled very often. That's Gallup. How about that? The survey found that 5.6% of Americans in July evaluated their lives poorly enough to be considered suffering. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Since it first reached the record high in June of 2021, these ratings among American adults have steadily worsened. Gallup said, and I quote, 5.6% suffering rate in July marks the first time the Gallup measure has exceeded 5% in the United States, and it translates to an estimated 14 million American adults. 14 million Americans say they are suffering in this country, the greatest country in the world. Quote, economic conditions are likely a major contributing factor to these worsening scores. Persistently high inflation is creating a drag on the Gallup Economic Confidence Index, which is now at its lowest point, what a surprise, since the Great Recession in 2019. How about that? The Gallup poll also showed a record number of people who are thriving, record low number. So it's just everything that should be up is down. Everything that should be down is up. And it tells you a lot, doesn't it? All of it directly goes with Biden becoming president. All different, all opposite of what it was. We were at 2% or lower inflation. Now, eight and a half, we were over nine. Gasoline prices, about $2 a gallon. I, I, you, this one, I, I got to tell you, e- even for them, this one I'm about to share with you is is off the charts. A Biden spokesperson 
And it's more than one. So it wasn't just a slip. They are talking about gas prices being down, depending on where you are in the country, anywhere from 50 to 70 or so cents a gallon in, in about the past month or five weeks. They are telling you to look at that as a tax decrease. Not that it is still twice as much as it was before they got there. They want you to consider it success. That because it's now not $5, but four oh five a gallon or whatever it is. They want you to call that a tax decrease and they're celebrating the great job they're doing. That's a level of sickness that really is hard to imagine, but it's it's they're actually saying these things. Yes, President Biden's policies are working. Gas was two dollars. It's now four dollars. The policies are working because it's no longer five dollars. Back in a moment, approaching 44 minutes past the hour. This is. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're investing. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Our live nonstop coverage will begin tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock live from the boardwalk in Atlantic City. We're at 48 minutes past the hour. President Trump has the government on the run right now. And it's really smart. He should stay aggressive. He should stay playing offense. And what I would do is you got the first legal motion seeking a special master, which will get denied because these are crooks and they're never going to let anybody that's not a crook see this stuff. So but you still got you still have to do it, though. They want someone who's not a Republican, not a Democrat, not a partisan, someone to just look at this stuff and see what shouldn't be there? Uh, I would also immediately file uh, a case against the government for violation of President Trump's Fourth Amendment rights because he has been the victim of an unreasonable search and seizure. We already know. I mean, they took his passports and had to turn them back. Who knows what else they took that they shouldn't have taken? And the, the search warrant, warrant was so broad that it's it, it basically it didn't basically it literally said that the FBI agents could take anything from January 20th, 2017 through January 20th, 2021. Who, who has ever heard of a search warrant like that? And of course, liars who lie about lying. Merrick Garland said, we always do the least intrusive thing and we make it very narrow in scope. Everything they say is a bald-faced lie. And not only that, the exact opposite is true. You know, you can lie about something and it doesn't have to be diametrically opposite to the truth. You can just be lying. They lie and it's opposite of what the truth really is. Uh, let me also um, I want to write myself a note here. Trump also has attorney client privilege. That's been violated here. Just awful.
you they would treat a terrorist better. Remember the terrorists at um, at uh, Gitmo? They had hammocks for their Qurans. They got every meal choice that they wanted. They actually became uh, morbidly obese because they were just eating and eating and eating. They had brand new soccer fields made for them. I mean, you can make the case this government treats terrorists better than they treat President Trump. Don't forget, the Democrat media ran with austere religious scholar dies. One of the worst terrorists in the history of the world. Austere religious scholar dies. Beautiful people. They're just really, really special. Peter Navarro, remember him? He's the guy that has office right across from the FBI, literally right across. But instead, they go grab him in an airport and put him in leg irons and handcuffs. Have you noticed only Trump and only Republicans get this treatment? The heavy-handed Paul Manafort, if you were listening uh, last week, he talked about the raid at his house. Roger Stone we've had on. He talked about the raid at his house. Navarro and how he was treated. Papadopoulos. You could go on and on and on. Trump. Hillary Clinton. No problem. Bill Clinton. No problem. Eric Holder's in contempt of Congress. It's wonderful. It's an award. He, I, think, I think he got a Kennedy Honors profile in courage for being found in contempt of Congress. I mean, these people are beyond sick. Peter Navarro said yesterday, take Fauci's passport from him. He is a flight risk. I like that. When Republicans take over, at least the House of Representatives, I promise you, people like Fauci and Joe Biden and Jim Biden and Hunter Biden and the rest, the rest of the Peanuts gang, they are pooping their pants over what's going to be coming. Make no mistake about it. And they're not going to take Fauci's passport. So don't worry. And in our, uh, believe it or not, chronicles, a California school principal actually called the police on a four-year-old who was unmasked. This four-year-old boy was taken away off campus by a police officer for not wearing a mask. And, of course, you have to go to publications like the Daily Mail in the United Kingdom. Nothing about this that I've seen here in America. The little boy, his name is Sean. Quote, I'm sorry, the principal says, quote, he's not able to come in unless he has his mask on. I welcome him here. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. I want him here. 
but it is our district's policy that students have to wear a mask. He is a lovely child, the principal continued. Quote, we are here to support and serve him. I am here to serve all of our students on our campus. I cannot keep spending time on this same issue. I'm going to have to have you removed from campus if you do not leave at this time. Then you see on the video a police officer moving into the camera frame. Quote, I can't say what they are doing is wrong, the officer says understandingly. Quote, I can't say that what you are doing is wrong. Both sides have valid points. For me, I just have to ensure on the campus as a whole that kids get their education. How about that? Incredible. The officer added, quote, you seem like a good dude. You seem like a good father. He called the police to take a child, a four-year child out. Oh, my God. You can't you can't even make this stuff up if you tried. And of course, you know, in their zeal to get any Republican that they can get out of office. I mean, they have just piled on this Matt Gates forever and ever. Any allegation has been parroted like it's truth. But don't forget, you had Swalwell, that um, Fang Fang Chinese spy loving congressman. No problem. You think there was a no-knock raid on him? You think that Swalwell told Fang Fang, a Chinese spy, anything at all? Or were they just busy doing other things? They didn't speak much. What they did didn't require them to speak. Fang Fang. Again, you can't make this stuff up. But what you don't hear a lot about is, and Gates said this from the beginning, he said that he was the victim of an extortion attempt. And Florida resident Stephen Alford was sentenced to five years in federal prison yesterday for attempting to extort $25 million from former Florida State Senate President Don Gates. And then, you know, you have Matt Gates, who is telling you all the same thing. So this guy was extorting the whole family. Quote, I have a plan that can make his future legal and political problems go away. This is a text message involving this Don Gates and uh, Stephen Offord. Quote, if you and Matt Gates are willing to help us privately and clandestinely obtain the release of Robert Levinson, I will ensure that Matt Gates is on the plane that delivers Levinson to his family, thus making him the most sought-after public figure in the world. Offord also made the claim that he would secure a pardon from President Joe Biden 
from Matt Gates of any possible wrongdoing, adding that, quote, he considers the release of Robert Levinson a matter of national security. Later, Alford admitted to the Federal Bureau of Investigation agents that he lacked any assurance within the Biden administration that Matt Gates could receive a pardon. I'm not aware uh, Matt Gates is running for re-election on November 8th. I'm not aware that he's looking for a pardon for anything. I know I know what they're saying, what the allegations are. And again, if it was a Democrat, you wouldn't know anything. Nothing would be out there. But but it's but since it's a Republican and because the ends justify the means, then of course you leak any and everything. Allegations of no concern that nothing is proven. Just get it out there. You make the person guilty in the court of public opinion. Then if you don't win and knock him out that way, you mess him up so much. You say he's involved with a young girl and trafficking over state lines and things like that. Because if one state, 17, would be legal and another state, it would not be legal. You get that guy guilty by innuendo, and then you either take him out by the legal process, or if you miss and he prevails, you take him out because the voters will knock him out for you because of your allegations. Kirk Conover is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. I listened to that uh, report very intently because we're going to be out in it from 5 o'clock tomorrow morning until it's over, probably close to 12 hours. And I heard 88. I don't believe it will be 88 in Atlantic City. And again, Dan Zarrow has a big territory that he's covering. So let me see what uh, Dark Sky says about tomorrow. i got to put Atlantic City, though. He's spot on with the 88. Egg Harbor Township is going to be 88, Northfield, and so on. Let me go to Atlantic City, though, where it should be. Ah, oh, this is going to be great. You you can't order up a better day. Now there is a bit there is a bit of cloud cover earlier than this time yesterday. Yesterday there would not have been anything other than just total sun for the entire air show. Now, beginning around one o'clock, it will be partly cloudy. And don't get me started on partly cloudy versus partly sunny and all those. There, there, there are specific definitions for it all. So when the air show begins, it'll be upper 70s. By 12 noon, it will be 80. By two o'clock, it will be 81. By four o'clock, it will be 82. That will be the high. So it's absolutely perfect. What a perfect day for the Atlantic City Air Show with only a 4% chance of rain. So no rain. 
very, very comfortable humidity, and the temperature is ideal. All right, I put out a lot of issues in that first hour. I didn't get to about 75% of what I had actually show prepped on. I got through about maybe, maybe a quarter of it. So I'm going to begin with Kirk with one I didn't even get to. And that is the issue of the student loans because they've gone right to the wire, which means I'm telling you, they cannot tell you, you start making your payments again. They, they could, but they're not going to. If they were going to start these payments again, they would have told people at least four weeks in advance, get ready. This is over. It's been going on for two and a half years, whatever it's been. And your payments have to start at some point in that time as now. They're not going to do it a few months before the election, and they're not going to do it late and wrong. Now, what you might also hear as early as tomorrow, and this is what we want to get Kirk's opinion on, it's possible. I think it pleases almost no one unless you have $10,000 or less and your student loans will be paid off. And it's like, hey, I'm, I'm done. It's fantastic. But there are a lot of people out there with a whole lot more than that, six figures and beyond. So you tell somebody that has $200,000 worth of student loans that you're forgiving $10,000, they're not going to love you that much. That, that, that's If they're putting it into forbearance and things like that, that's collecting interest more than that. Thanks, but no thanks. So it's less than nothing. But that's the latest idea. Many Democrats want to go 50000 And if you have $50,000 of school loans, that it will be forgiven. President Biden isn't going for that. He appears to be willing to go for 10000 Let's see what Kirk Conover thinks of all this. What's your take, Kirk? Well, the consensus... Uh that I see is that it would either one will be inflationary because it puts discretionary upon uh, consumers. Well, there's so no, yeah, yeah, there's no question. Uh, just pausing the student loan payments will result in tens of billions of dollars. Yeah. And that's uh, stimulating demand that uh, time, you don't have to do that. I mean, that's the, the re interest rates is to try to cool and and slow the business spending. There's a moderation in in inflation. Uh, so whatever you do with the student loans, whether you just postpone the resumption of payments or you forgive a certain amount, it's going to stimulate demand and work counter to uh, what the Fed's trying to do and what needs to be done to control inflation my logic we'll see what you think of my logic that before the end of this month president biden will announce that payments do not have to continue or or pick up again Uh, i think he's going to make it until the end of the year probably with a pronouncement that this is even though they keep changing it that this is the absolute last time And you've got these several months. You've got all of September, October, November, and December to get ready that starting in January of 2023, 
the student loan monthly payments will resume. That's my prediction. If they were going to do different than that, don't you think they would have had to tell people before now that only giving people a couple of days notice uh, is not professional? Yeah, and it's a political calculation because there's no economic logic or governmental logic behind it. Um, in the payments is a they perceive, the Democrats that are running Biden uh, perceive as a cheap way to buy votes. Right, and they know November 8th is coming, so they don't want to be socking people with payments starting up again and interest starting to accrue again weeks before the critical midterm election and they they it's fool's gold but they actually believe they have a chance to win because the media is telling them that they're winning although every poll that we hear the, the numbers are absolutely the lowest they've ever been and like i said the reason it was the, the payments were paused was because demic had these uh massive lockdowns and and layoffs and uh if the Biden administration believes its own rhetoric in a recession and the labor market's good. So what would be the logic to postpone? Uh... Well, as you know, only politics. They they want they want the curry favor. They want the vote. And if people find out, oh, wow, we don't have to make these payments till the end till next year. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Vote for Democrats. I mean, that's what they're shooting for. Because they always take advantage in any possible way. Break time. We'll be right back. 14 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program here. Sean Hannity with Kirk Conover. I am Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's. Number one news talk radio station, all because of you. Chuck Malamut at eight. Rick Shafton, uh, a late addition to the lineup. Uh, Rick and I talked last night, and Rick will be with us a long time. I mean, the whole time I've been on the air, and he started before that, I believe. Rick Shafton is a longtime political consultant. He's done a lot of work uh, for people like Seth Grossman and others. Brett Schundler, if I remember correctly, a bunch of people. Uh, he'll be with us, uh, and we have no agenda. We're just going to talk about whatever we're going to talk about. That's today's 9 o'clock hour. Back with Kirk after this. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. John Fetterman, it turns out, is a spoiled, lazy trust fund brat with a tattoo and hoodies that's all this guy is this guy's never really had a real job his entire life never worked a real job on top of it he's dumb and he's intellectually lazy he has campaigned a whopping 11 minutes in pennsylvania while dr oz has been to nearly 200 separate stops it's your record johnny boy mr hoodie mr hoodie i'm gonna make an invitation to you i'll give you three hours to get your ass out of your out of your basement because you're trying to hide just like joe biden and come on this program mr tough guy from coast to coast from sea to shining sea it's the sean hannity show
All right, it's summertime, and if your project to-do list looks anything like mine, it's probably pretty long. You can stay cool, save up to 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com, and ordering online does not mean sacrificing style or service. At Blinds.com, they have premium selections of shades and shutters and drapes and so much more. They have outdoor shades. Just go to Blinds.com right now, save up to 40% off site-wide, up to 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The government just passed a law to right their wrong with the toxic water in Camp Lejeune. If you or someone you know was diagnosed with cancer or any other serious condition due to toxic water exposure called Dudley DeBosier, we understand the urgency. We're filing claims this week to make sure our government follows through with its promise to make this right. Don't get left out. Call Dudley DeBosier and let someone serve you for a change. Serving those who served us. For more information, call 800-300-8300. 800-300-8300. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks. Welcome back. 21 minutes past the hour with Kirk Conover. We continue the Hurley in the Morning program. Kirk, let's move on to President Trump. As the days go on, the government looks worse and worse and worse. This entire thing. Now, we don't know a lot, so I'm, I'm always careful. And and the, the, the other side is so dishonest that I try not to play their game. But what we're learning doesn't seem to reflect too well on the Biden administration or the FBI. Trump seems to be winning not only in the court of opinion. Now, if this latest thing is true and that the GSA career employees actually packed all these documents, then that that looks like checkmate to me at that point. I've always wondered about that. I thought there's no way that uh, President Trump is going to meticulously uh, pack every individual file and document into, you know, banker boxes and take them out of the white, carry them out himself. I mean, it had to be done by employees. So I, I don't, that really is a, that is a major point with me. And the other point I see is it looks like this, um, the search warrant was too broad. It looks like a you know, fishing expedition, which is truly a violation of you know his Fourth Amendment rights. So, yeah, he's looking better all the time. Uh, you and I both know the man and know that uh, he's not going to take uh, stuff that's illegal uh, on, on purpose uh, if he has anything to do with it. And, uh, you know, that's why he's calling for a complete open book on this, because... The government is definitely on a fishing expedition, and I think they're look. You know, they were told just take any files that are in the neighborhood when when you when you fi- find something. So, and that's not the way this whole uh, search and seizure, um, you know, provision of the Constitution is supposed to operate. Everything's supposed to be narrowly focused, and it's not a fishing expedition. So, yeah. I think uh, Trump is winning on this one, and it makes his uh, election chances uh, much greater for 2024 if he decides to run. And I think it uh, really is another blow to the FBI, uh, which has been totally politicized since uh, James Comey. Yeah, they're pretty much ruined, aren't they? Yeah, it's almost like they got to tear it down and start over. I mean, we know that, you know, J. Edgar Hoover had had his own uh, personal use for FBI and investigations and, and using files against people. But 
this is a whole new level. This is uh, political beyond what we ever believed could happen to the FBI. I mean, uh, it makes you look uh, wistfully back at the days of uh, Louis Free. What do you, yeah, he wasn't so great either. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, compared to what's going on here, he was uh, an altar boy. Now, what do you make of this uh, Reinhardt uh, magistrate? Uh, he seems to be all over the place. He indicated in the hearing that he would be releasing at least some of the affidavit. And then he said that the government has until Thursday, uh, day after tomorrow, to, to put their recommended redactions and he may or may not go with them uh and now now he says yesterday he may not release anything it it seems like somebody got to him yeah it seems like he's totally political too and that's that is what causes this wavering back and forth it almost looked like he made a calculation whoa i look pretty bad here i look political i've got to you know release these documents uh you know sort of at least try to make myself look a little better and you're right it seems like uh, somebody whispered in his ear and said uh you know whoa nelly you know pull it back uh well here, know, here kirk see if you see if you buy into what i'm saying at this point i either i would want everything released or i lean towards i don't want anything released because if they get away with releasing only what they want to release they can make the president look very bad the media will report uh, and parrot that narrative that they that they fake. Uh, if pres if nothing gets released, President Trump will continue to win in the court of public opinion. Yeah, you're right. It's looking to me like a either or situation, all or nothing. Uh, the problem with the releasing nothing is they will you know, they will continue. The bad operators will continue to leak specific stuff. Uh, and we won't know if it's if it's right or wrong. We won't have any documentation to, you know, investigate it. So that is a little bit of a danger. But I agree with you. If, if you're not going to release everything, then release nothing. And of course, they can't release everything because if they have and appears they have multiple uh, whistleblowers, you're not going to release who those people are. So they would be blacked out. But uh According to people that know what the FBI wants to do here and the Justice Department, rather, the Department of Justice just wants to blacken out the whole damn thing. Hey, we'll release everything. Here you go. And you've you've seen them hold these documents up at committee hearings and things like that. And they're just completely redacted. Yeah, it's terrible. And that that doesn't serve the public at all. And uh, I agree with uh, President Trump that uh, if it really is lightly redacted to protect you know certain people that's fine but the people of this country will get to see what these bad actors are up to and i really do believe they're bad actors and it's such a uh, it's like the most major intrusion into politics i've ever seen the justice department fbi the the powers of you know the arrest powers of government be used in a political way. I've never seen anything like this before, and uh, it really is disruptive to our democracy, and somebody's got to figure out a way to stop it from ever happening again. Yeah, they embarrassed our whole country around the world. I mean, look at the the nations looking at this, that, that hear that, that 
the FBI raided the home of President Trump and took boxes out? I mean, that looks like like a banana republic type deal. <laughs> it gives banana republics a bad name. Yeah. You know what they're doing, because this is the top echelon law enforcement agency in the world. Ninety-five uh, yeah. That's what, that's what I mean. The public perception is horrible, but ninety-five percent, you know, are are top shelf people doing top shelf work, and this five percent politicization of of their powers is really um, an embarrassment. It's uh, disruptive. It's not only disruptive to politics and our reputation around the world, but. You know, I always get back to the economics of things. It, it really shows some kind of uh, face of America that has a basic instability. And, you know, investors, people, uh, whether they're just investing for their retirement or whether they're aggressive investors in the marketplace, uh, want to start a business, they look at it and they go, what can I count on? Yeah. Can I count on equal justice for me? There are... Uh, politicizing the IRS with 87,000 new agents? Can I count on my government to uh, protect me and treat me equally when they can do this to the former president? Well, and remember what the IRS did during Obama-Biden. They were horrific. They destroyed people's lives, and they, they purposely went after people that there were no, no good reasons to be doing so. Halftime break is here. We'll be right back. Much more content straight ahead. It's 30 minutes past the hour. This portion of the Hurley in the Morning program brought to us in part by United Methodist Communities at the Shores. And there is a great event that's going to be taking place on Wednesday, August 31st from 630 to 8 p.m. Free family fun entertainment, a concert under the stars with the Packaged Goods Orchestra playing folk, rock, country, swing, torch, which I never heard of, and R&B. Everyone is welcome to come and sing along. If you're considering senior living options for yourself or a loved one, I recommend the Shores. And transitioning to the Shores is so easy. You move in, you unpack, and you experience the abundant life that the Shores has to offer. The Shores is fully remodeled with private apartments, two beautiful restaurants, a bistro that's on the lower level, an on-site fitness center. There's a library. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful. It looks like a hotel, honestly. It, you have a registration desk. It looks exactly like checking into a hotel. You see the bistro right off to the left of the front desk. It's really fantastic. And just three short blocks to the Ocean City Boardwalk and Beach. Don't miss the free concert under the stars, August 31st, in the Shores front lot at 2201 Bay Avenue in Ocean City. To learn more about United Methodist Communities at the Shores in Ocean City, call 609-399-8505. That's 609-399-8505. Back with Kirk Conover in just a little bit. This is the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk station. 
This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 32 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. A New Jersey deli has been named one of the top Jewish delis in America. And they've been in New Jersey for more than 100 years. It's a great story. Stockton University making a big move among the best colleges for the money in all of America. And the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show airspace restrictions and air show schedule are up on the website. From the Townsport, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Rain is not going to be a big factor today. It's not a completely dry forecast, but it's close. A mix of sun and clouds across South Jersey. A shower may pop up later on. Most of that activity stays to our north. High temperature, 86 degrees. Clearing skies tonight, low of 69. Tomorrow, low humidity. Lots of sun, seasonably warm temperatures, high of 88. Climbing to 90 on Thursday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And our live coverage begins tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Oh, we have a great lineup. Let me share with you. uh, It's just out of my reach. It's on top of my briefcase, but I have it here digitally. Let me share with you real quick, and then we'll get right back to Kirk, what's going to be happening. Dr. Harvey Kesselman will be doing the first hour with us, that I know for sure. And he'll be our guest for a full hour. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff, including that um, uh, amazing result in the Money Magazine annual survey that they do. And what they do is they, they look at all these different analytics, and they make a ranking of the best colleges for the money in America. And Stockton has really dramatically improved. So we've got a lot to talk about with Dr. Kesselman. We'll, of course, be in Atlantic City. We'll talk about the Atlantic City campus. We'll talk about Kesselman's final year as the president, final school year, because it starts in this year and ends into next year, Uh, his final school year as president of Stockton University. We're going to visit with Larry Passantrilli, who is the commander of the Longport VFW. They do the beautiful work every year. Well, they do work all year long, but they do the amazing event when they bring a military member and their family and they spoil them. Beautiful home, great events. We're going to be talking about that at uh, 7 o'clock. At 7.30, we'll be joined by John Zarek. At 8 o'clock, by Michael Chait the president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce at 8.30. We'll be joined by Larry Sieg, the president of Meet AC. 9 o'clock to 9.30, New Jersey Senator Michael Testa. 9.30 to 10 o'clock, Joe Giralo, Atlantic County Clerk. 10 to 10.30, New Jersey Senator Vince Palestina. And from 10.30 to 11, the next governor of the state of New Jersey, Jack Cittarelli. A busy, busy morning. And we'll go live until the air show actually begins Last year, I think it was about 1130. I think this year it's going to be closer to 11, maybe a little bit after 11. Kirk, let me uh, ask you to comment uh, if there's any more on Trump, you know, and all that. We, you know, the time is yours, uh, but we could talk about that till the end of time. Uh, That's just crazy what's going on. I did before we go to the next uh, talking point 
or, or topic. The issue of Trump and where this whole thing stands now is Trump's raising more money. Trump's standing has improved because the American people are inherently fair and they know this was political, strategic and dirty. I think that's clear that that has that has broken through. But this is what you get when you have bad actors with power who want to take someone down so bad. This is what they do with Trump every single time. This this is Russia collusion all over again, isn't it? Yeah, it also reinforces the uh, reason people voted for Trump in uh, 2016 was that he was going to be the guy that goes in there and, you know, fights for us, the individual American citizen over the uh, bureaucracy, over the swamp. Uh, and what you see now is, you know, the the dark side of the government fighting back against him. And it just reinforces the reason people wanted him to be the president because he would protect us and and get control of the of the federal you know bureaucracy and um I think it just makes him look better and better and better and uh, i'm also um I want to pick up on your point in the six o'clock hour about these phony polls that are out there showing that all oh, that we're going to do as well. You know, Democrats are going to take control of the Senate. This has all been done before. You know, it's all propaganda. It's basically uh, the media carrying the Democrat Party. Kirk, remember 1994, the Democrats ran an entire campaign in the Democrat media saying how it wasn't if if Democrats would remain in control. It's by how much they're going to expand their margins and Republicans crush them. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen this year because the big issues affecting, you know, the voters in the midterms aren't going away. Kirk, when you have a statistic and it's whether it's NBC or Gallup or Fox News, you name the polling entity. And when 75 percent of the American people tell you that the country is going in the wrong direction, I don't care what the media tries to spin and lie to us. You don't win when that's the case. No, it's all going to boil down to gas and groceries. And people are at least 50 percent of the country knows that the media is a propaganda outfit for the left wing politicians that are trying to take this country, excuse me, down the wrong road. And, you know, it's uh, very disturbing because economics is part of. Social science, it can be analyzed uh, mathematically, but perception is as big as anything. And when people perceive things are going bad, they pull in their horns, which is why we're in recession. Uh, and I don't care how Biden tries to define it. We're in recession. But, but Kirk, they're getting away with it. The, at actually, the media actually reports this as a question. Some people think we're in a recession. Some people don't think we are. Uh, oh, it's so bad. Kirk, we've got to get the last break in. I do have one last FBI thing, and we, we won't belabor it, but I've really been um, looking at this Gretchen Whitmer, uh, Whitmer, Gretchen Whitmer trial pretty closely. And I, I, I followed it closely the first time when it was a hung jury, and now the, the government is doing the um, the matter all over again, and it's 
towards the end of the process, I think closing statements and stuff like that are just about done. And it's really coming out in this in this trial that the FBI set people up, partied with them, smoked marijuana with them, jazzed them all up. Uh, There's more of them than there were people that are supposedly wanting to do this kidnapping. And they 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 tried to make it happen. And they brought up another example of the FBI. What is going on where we're now in the business of manufacturing crimes? So let's see how this turns out. And then not lost on me is that she's running and they want to help her win. So they couldn't let that end without a conviction. So they got to give it another go. Uh, I would have to think, based on what I have seen in this trial, I don't know how they could convict. I'm not saying these are good people. I don't know anything about them. It's just so obvious that they were being set up. And that's that's dangerous, just like what we're talking about earlier. We'll get your take on that quickly, and then we'll pivot to other matters. 45 minutes past the hour with Kirk Oliver. I am her early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you, and we know it. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Investing. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. That's right. 51 minutes past the hour with Kirk Conover, Chuck Malama coming up at 8. Rick Shafton, political consultant, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. And uh, tomorrow morning when we reconvene, we will be live on the boardwalk in Atlantic City at the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show. If you go to the app, if you go to the WPGTalkRadio.com website, either way, any digital device you can navigate the content, you will see the airspace restrictions and the air show schedule. I thought it was very important to to do a piece that not only the schedule is important to have, so you know the apparatus and what order they're going to be in, and, and that's obviously very important, but also... Uh, you could unwittingly make a mistake if you had a drone, for example, and this is a 10-mile area that we're talking about. And if you were where you shouldn't be, boat, drone, there's a lot of ways, and you'll see the different um, issues. And if you break one of the rules, it's not going to be good for you. I mean, you you will you'll lose whatever it is. If you had a, a drone, they'll take your property and you'll be feder- federally charged. I mean, it's serious business. That's why. And they've done it for 19 straight years. It's very uh, transparent what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. But check out the airspace restrictions, because I think it's important. I was reading um, some stuff during the break and I saw this quote about two minutes ago and it was Winston Churchill who said, you will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. 
I'll tell you, Ch- Kirk, Winston Churchill was something else. And, of course, they screwed him big time until, uh-oh, we're in trouble. And who do they call? They call Churchill, and, and they bring him back. Uh, Kirk, I mentioned before the break, uh, according to this trial, in the first trial and now in the second trial, they seem to have made the case that the FBI set people up that had no intentions of kidnapping Governor Gretchen Whitmer of of uh, Michigan. It's like they're trying to make her Abraham Lincoln or something. Uh, this whole thing is, it appears, once again, the FBI run amok. Yeah, like the deep state bites back. I mean, there's no explanation for this at all. I'm, I when this first came out that it was a possible FBI setup, I was aghast. I, I can't believe that the FBI would venture into some kind of uh, operation like this to, to benefit Whitmer. I mean, you got to feel sorry for the people of Michigan that that uh, you know vote Republican. I think they honestly, she was in a lot of trouble. She was a terrible governor during the pandemic. And I think this was a scam to lift her, to boost her. Oh, my God. They were going to kidnap and kill, execute the governor. I mean, I think it's 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 gotten to that point. And why in the world would the FBI even be interested in something like that? It It, it doesn't make any sense except... If you accept the fact that the the top levels of the FBI have become totally political and they're going to use every power in their uh, arsenal. Yeah, but not only political, Kirk, political and corrupt. Yeah, I mean, and Michigan being one of the key swing states, and that probably goes into the equation of how they're going to operate politically, keep her in power so that she can, you know, manipulate the election and election laws. But uh, I feel sorry for the people of Michigan. I mean, prior to Whitmer, it was Granholm, and uh, she's uh, oh my God. proven herself to be totally incompetent. Horrible. There is a great candidate, Tudor Dixon. Uh, stunning looking, if I remember correctly, but a very, very excellent candidate. Uh, and I do believe that this was an attempt to lift up Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who was in political trouble. Yeah, and uh, you know Michigan, like you said, it's it's important politically, it's important uh, economically, and the powers that be, you know, they're going to use the FBI to to keep keep people in power. It's boggles my mind what's going on. Uh, just as it's not the way this country was designed to run. Kirk, I want to bring this up because it's just a little lighthearted, and we'll bring a little bit of sports into the equation. Other than the Phillies, I watch them in the eighth and ninth inning, absolutely choke against the Mets the other night. A former Yankee who hadn't given up a single run, David Robertson. It was nice to see him pitch again until he gave up uh, the the three-run home run. Or I guess it was a two-run home run. Then there was another uh, solo home run when they took Robertson out later in that half inning. But Tom Brady is back at Buccaneers training camp. The Yankees defeated the Mets. Aaron Judge hit his 47th home run, 103rd RBI. Uh, What am I leaving out? Um, There were a couple other sports things that I was interested in that I wanted to add to it. But the world is in balance again, Kirk, especially the Yankees defeating the Mets. (laughs) 
Yeah, they had a little rough stretch, the Yankees, so far in August, but uh, they'll pull through. And the fact that Judge is 47 homers now, yeah, that's incredible. It really is, and they're not pitching over the last 12 days. They don't pitch to him anymore. So they're giving him the Barry Bonds treatment, you know, with, without the roids. Here, here is another thing that sh- shows you like a case study in life. Uh, Cashman got booed at the ceremony when they were retiring Paul O'Neill's number 21. I mean, the Yankees were spectacular for four months and have had a 12-day bad stretch. You talk about, I mean, still have an eight-game lead in the division. One of the best records in all of Major League Baseball. Again, four months of stellar consistent play, 12 bad days, and that's how you get treated. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's the way it is. Well, think about well, think about this, too. How about how Paul O'Neill was treated? He he was honored, of course, but he wasn't allowed to interact with any of the Yankees' current players because he's not vaccinated. Yeah, and he, he broadcasts from home. He's not allowed in the stadium. He's not in the broadcast booth. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Well, especially because CDC has dropped all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, the other little good good story coming out of sports was the Mets pitcher that pitched three scoreless innings against the Phillies on uh, Sunday in the middle of the game. I forget his name, but last summer he was working at a bank. Wow. Good story. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, he was hired. He was hired by like his uh, one of his former baseball coaches. He said, hey, you're out of baseball now. Come work at the bank. Phillies, as you know, I mean, after it's amazing, after they got rid of Girardi and just put his assistant in, who I know, Rob Thompson, uh, that um, that just changed it all. They went on like a 10 or so, 12-game winning streak. Uh, they seem to be in a little bit of a downturn right now. Well, they're missing a few key pieces. Uh, you know, the pitching is problematic uh, once you get past the starters. Uh, simply because of injury. And, uh, yeah, the, I think they'll right the ship, though. Uh, I, I I see more promise in this team than, than the other teams of the last couple of years that came down the stretch and faded out. I don't think this team's going to fade out. I think they're going to keep fighting. I mean, you get tremendous uh, output from uh, um, Bryson Stott. You know, they released Gregorius, a veteran player, spectacular defense. Just let them go. And this guy steps right in. He's hitting homers, and uh, it's it's really nice to see. And I'm checking real quick. The Phillies, wow, they're tied for the second wild card spot, even though they lost. At, oh, no, no, they did win last night. Um, they had lost two before that. Kirk, I thank you. Have a great day. Chuck Malamut joins us next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Six minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut is here, and this program is presented by Chuck Malamut. 
a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast and are subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, member SIPC. Chuck Malamut, good morning. Good morning, Harry. How are you today? Very well. Thank you. You should be very, very happy. You're uh, My Yankees. They got off the snide. <laughs> they had a, they, yeah, they did have a tough stretch. There's no doubt about it. They're um, on a two-game winning streak right now. <laughs> you be. <laughs> they play again tonight, I guess? Yes. Mets? Okay. All right. Well, look, it's uh, 162 games. Two game season. So, you know, obviously a lot goes on. And I always love when people say, well, you know, this team has a lot of hurt players. Well, a lot of teams have a lot of hurt players. And that's why it's a team. And that's why you have a deep bench. Um, so that's, I think, Harry, it's not just, you know, who the starters are, but it's how, you know, how you can go deep and for how, you know, and I think Kirk said it right. I mean, the they Phillies have a f- pretty fantastic uh, shortstop I watched last night for a little bit. Um, uh, but, you know, your Los Angeles Dodgers, they just keep on winning. They did have, they did lose last night. Um, did, were they on like a three-game losing streak? No. Well, no, they've they, won they, seven out no, of the last ten, they, so they've they, lost uh, three times. Well, they lost... <laughs> They swept the, the hapless Marlins that the Phillies can't seem to beat. <clears throat> but the Phillies are beating them this year. Um, yeah, so they're playing uh, Milwaukee right now. But hey, well, one, other, one other baseball thing real quick. It really goes to show you how you really need, when you've got a guy like Aaron Judge, you've got to get runners on. So who's in front of him, hitting in front of him, and who's right behind him really matters because they're, they're, pitchers are not giving him anything to hit. I mean, just garbage. Uh, and when Giancarlo Stanton went down, that's when this skid happened. He, he and he was an all star. So when when you get him back, which I think he's coming back um, tomorrow's Wednesday, he's coming back on Thursday, and it's no joke, as you know, Chuck. Achilles injuries. Uh, if you don't let that heal right, that is a very very serious thing. So they thought he would have been back a while ago, and it was slow going. He comes back on Thursday. I think they'll they'll be much better when they get you know the Bash brothers back together again and and he has that um like Rizzo being behind him has been helpful having people in front of him and behind him will be helpful but it shows you though couple of strategic injuries and and some of it has been their pitching and you can go from unstoppable to very beatable then when you get into the bad skid then you stop hitting, and obviously, if you're not scoring runs, you're not going to beat anybody. Uh, so they they seem to have turned the corner, I think. What today, August twenty uh, third, and we have uh, well, would they play through the end of September right yeah. now? So yeah, yeah, crazy. But I know. Uh, so Harry, you know, let, let's talk a little about last week. Let's talk a little about Friday, and particularly last Friday and Monday, because. The world has turned. I guess that's probably the best the best way to put it. Uh, stocks last week you know, had declined. Uh, the S and P was down one point two percent. That included obviously Friday. The the bulk of the decline coming at the at the end of last week. Uh, we had four straight weeks of gains. Uh, the question is, and we're never going to know this, Harry, until it's later on. I guess 
was this a you know did we go through was this a bear market bear market rally or was it the start of another bull market i mean and 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 the camps are pretty evenly split i mean there's you're either all into the left or all into the right so there i don't i don't think there's a lot of strategist analysts just you know on sort of hedging themselves i think they've made these bets you know one way or another um you know what happened yesterday i know you don't talk about any one day but it seemed like things were that the market was going very very well and yesterday just boom what happened yesterday? Well, you know, Harry, stocks, uh, they did tumble pretty significantly yesterday. It was the worst day that we had since the middle of June. Uh, the, the NASDAQ was down 2.6%. The S&P was off 2.1%. Uh, and the Dow, the winner of the group, down minus 1.9%. And it was, again, as I mentioned, the worst day that we had since the middle of June. You know, the, the, the investors right now are really worried about you know what the Fed's going to do. You know, the, as far as the rate hikes, uh, and and those that are on the glass half empty side are saying that these rate hikes may not end as soon as as hoped. Um, you know, this week, Harry, we are in the dog days of summer. I mean, you mentioned the weather you know earlier today. Uh, it, the market is you know the volume becomes very very thin this week and into next week. But Friday's a really big day here for, uh, for all the market watchers, especially, you know, those that are worried about the Fed. I mean, Fed Chairman uh, uh, Jerome Powell is going to, you know, talk at, uh, at the long-awaited speech at the annual Jackson Hole Economic uh, Symposium. And I, I think you're going to have a... Facing f- how Jackson Hole, Wyoming has become so relevant with yeah. that. And so, so that event starts on Thursday. Uh, Powell will talk with the uh, central bank crowd on Friday morning. I believe it is a 10 a.m. our time, Harry. Is Liz Cheney the keynote speaker in Wyoming right before <laughs> Powell? Just I, a joke. I, I don't. Just a joke. I, I think her invitation probably got yeah, in, her spam, in, the in her spam folder. Yeah. But so, so you, you had a number of hawkish comments at as we got to the end of last week, Harry. And so now, you know... What is the likelihood of a 50 basis point hike? What is the likelihood of a 75 basis point hike um, in, in September? And the Fed meets September 20. One or the 21. other is 100%, correct? Uh, well, look, it, right now, it's, it, it's, <clears throat> it's pretty evenly split, uh, according to Fed fund futures that are out there. And, and it was you know, s- siding towards a 50 basis point. But it might go to 75? But the Fed, these Fed governors talking, you know, last week, you know, very, very hawkish comments, uh, you know, that that pushed that to about a 50% chance of a 75 uh, basis point rate hike. And and a week ago, that was a, sitting at about 39%. What, so, would that, what is your gut tell you if it was 75 basis points or 50 does the world end i mean what i don't think it necessarily ends but you know remember as as the fed pushes these rates higher you know each and every meeting it it, you know companies like a technology company the gross stocks they typically take it more on the chin than a than a value dividend paying type stock and we're, we're seeing that in the market but harry the other thing to remember Fed meets September 20 and 21. Uh, September has 
been the worst month for stocks going back, you know, from from the very, very beginning, about 100 years now. Um, you know, the, the index on average during the month of September uh, drops or decreases by about a little bit over 1%. Uh, so I think that that's something else that we're faced with. So, you know, we had that very, very strong rally uh, that, that went on for, you know, four straight weeks. And yeah. I think the market got a little, maybe got a little tired. And now you have, you know, that I don't want to call them naysayers because, you know, you have positives and you have negatives. But those that, you know, there, there are now more people and strategists that, that are believing that we'll end up with a 75 basis point rate hike, not 50. Wow. Let's take our first break. We'll be right back. For all of your financial planning needs, turn to Chuck Malamut and the Malamut team at 609-383-2010. Much more important financial content coming up straight ahead. And in about 45 minutes, we'll be joined in studio by Rick Shafton, who is a longtime political consultant. It turns out he gave me a call yesterday. He is uh, he's here. He's in the area uh, and asked, could he come in and we'll talk politics and Obviously, my answer was yes. Looking forward to it. We'll be back with Chuck Malamut right after this. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back 20 minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut continues all about your financial matters. Chuck, I don't want to say these words. Existing home sales are on the decline. Is it true? So, Harry, unfortunately, you know, we it is true. What, what we're seeing is that the sentiment uh, amongst U.S. home builders right now uh, fell into really negative territory in, in August. Uh Fell to uh, a number of 49 versus 55 for July. And on a comparison basis, Harry, uh, if we go back to 2000, earlier part of this year, uh, it was at about 84. So that's a significant decrease. Um, higher mortgage rates, you know, obviously have cooled demand, not only for new and existing homes. Uh, in July, housing starts were down 9.6% uh, from the from the prior month. Slowest pace we've seen since uh, early 2021. Existing home sales, in the meantime, also, actually also declined, Harry, for the sixth. Hmm. Sixth straight month in July, wow. falling almost 6% from June. And I know that uh, you and, and nephew Jim always go to your trusty devices during his hour. I did it yesterday, up 1.7% um, last 30 well, days. You buck, you're bucking the trend here because what is happening now is that uh, you know median sales prices in July uh, nationwide fell to about four hundred three thousand? That's down about ten thousand from in, from June, um, and and just last week, Harry Fitch, you know, warned that a severe U.S. housing downturn is very very possible, not just probable, but but very very possible. So, you know, when you look at these housing prices, you know, we reached that peak. Uh, about $457,000 per home in April of 2022. And, you know, as a result of that, you know, we, we've now been on a decline ever since. So we've gone from 457, 457000 to 402000 in a relatively short period of time. But 
The inventory the, being so slim still will keep prices up, though. And, and the other thing, and the rental yeah, market the, the, very the, high. The, the, the rentals are very very high. And the other thing to look at, Harry, the average home price in our country had increased on average about eight point one percent per year for ten for the last ten years, and that yeah. that stat ends, you know, end of May of this past year. So and it, that and that did include an eighteen percent increase. For the one-year period, it just ended May 31st. So it, it answers our next question: Has housing peaked? Well, and let me let me let me go back to the prior to the prior decade when you know where that that took mm-hmm. us 2008 2009. Yeah, not good. American home prices increased uh, on average about one and a half percent per year for that 10-year period that just, that ended uh, again uh, May 31st 2012. So. Um, you know, it's like anything else, Harry. You, you know, you need to be diversified. I think is very, very important. You know, you always hear about the those that are flipping homes, and I don't. You know, I don't. We don't play that game. Um, I guess if you're good at it, Harry. If you're good at anything, you can be successful. But it's just something I think that everybody needs to be made aware of where it's, we think is happening with housing right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a ride, and. I guess it would have continued, but it gets whipsawed in the whole deal, doesn't it? It does. It's it's part of, you know, we talk about, again, that three-legged stool that drives the economy and the consumer is, <clears throat> what, 70% of that number. And if the consumer is not buying homes, uh, that, that, that can create some issues here. So the federal, what's it called, uh, open market committee, uh, is there something going on that that's newsworthy on the Malamut show? So they had uh, released their minutes for their July meeting uh, last week, and um, it, it does provide it did provide investors a little bit of clarity with respect to when and where uh, the Fed's going to stop their tightening cycle. Uh, but they did not indicate, uh, you know, they they did not go to that dovish pivot. Uh, that a lot of people were, were thinking about. And then, again, policymakers at the end of last week, you know, I don't want to say piled on, but there were a number of them saying, you know, they became, they're very, very hawkish here. They said, we, we need to get to that 2%. Wow. Uh, and, and, you know, it's great that we inflation came down during the month of July. I think expectations are it's going to continue to drop in August as, as gas prices at the pump continue to decline. But it's for a bad reason, though. It's only because people aren't driving. Agreed. So, uh, so that's not good. And, and yeah, demand is demand is down. So I, I think what's happening here, you know, the Fed is on that path, and they don't. I don't want to say they don't care that there's a recession, but I, it sounds like a lot of them. Their number one concern is to get in, to get that inflation down. Well, I think their prescription brings about a recession. So not uh, only what we can't like when you say they don't care if there's a recession, their plan creates a recession. By design, I think. So they were, yeah. So what the military said, I could quote, policymakers said that ongoing rate hikes remain appropriate and then moving to a more restrictive policy stance will be required. So remember, they're going to, they're going to, you know, we talk about stretching that rubber band. Yeah. So they're going to continue to increase rates. Um, again, the discussion, you know, the, those, a lot of people are saying 75 basis points, but 
in September. We'll know better, you know, on Friday. I think as to as to where we're where we're going, and and this churn that we're seeing in the market will hopefully subside somewhat uh, as as the market gets some direction because the market doesn't care doesn't care about earnings. I mean, second, and we'll go through this a little bit. Second quarter earnings were pretty pretty spectacular, uh, but the market's just really focused on what the Fed's going to do. Now, you talked about the Fed earlier. Is there still more to say about the Fed in terms of future Fed action beyond September? How long does this go go on for? So there's a meeting in September. I mean, mean, they meet every month. I mean, there's talking anywhere from 25 to 75 basis points per per meeting. For how long? Um, I mean, they don't go out past 2022 with respect to these forecasts. So, uh, But we should expect every single meeting, every time they meet, we will have a rate increase. I think so. Wow, I think so, Harry. And any look at twenty, you know, it would be nice if if we could get back to twenty five. I think a lot of people would be very, very relieved if we got back, and I think the market as well if we got to a twenty five basis point uh, increase. But that is not going to happen at the next meeting. There's, I think that's. Did they know. ever come close to a full point? I know there was a tiny little whisper. But was it ever close to a full point at one meeting? Recently? Yeah, and it wound up with 75. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not aware of that. Okay, I remember there was just some some chatter about that. You mentioned earnings update, second quarter. So, Harry, uh, 90% of the companies have reported for the second quarter of uh, 2020 And, you, you know, earnings per share growth is up almost 10%. Uh, well above the estimates because the estimates came in at about five to five and a half percent, but the, the but again, two thousand twenty three earnings have moved down. I don't want to say fairly significantly, but have moved down uh, analyst projections as you know as as you kind of get pushed with these higher rates. It's harder for companies to make money when your cost of debt service you know continues to escalate. So uh, well, and and again, the market you know doesn't look through a rearview mirror it's looking at where we're going to be in the next you know six 12 months we're going to be right back he's chuck malamut at 29 minutes past the hour this portion of our program early in the morning also brought to us in part by batteries plus bulbs they're right next door here to broadcast center in northfield great neighbors really great people roy scott the entire team so they're at 900 tilton road in Northfield and Route 73 in Mount Laurel. The team is extraordinarily service-minded. They have creative solutions to fix your cell phones, tablets, batteries for your various power tools, cars, boats, motorcycles, golf carts, and other devices. They have performance batteries. They also have what you need to get ready for storm season, including generators, and so much more. Shop local, shop batteries plus bulbs, and tell Roy and Scott, that early in the morning sent you. Also, if you have a cell phone that needs a new battery, I was just looking up last night, and it makes so much sense. If your phone is working great and it meets all your needs and you have enough data space in it and everything, you're not you know, uh, to the max in terms of all that. Uh, of course, you can offload a lot of that stuff to the cloud and just offload it in general. But if your phone is working just fine, but you think you need just a, a newer battery, because maybe the phone's a couple of years old, they'll put a battery in for you. And it's well worth the expense. You'll have great life and can continue with that. They also do tablet repairs. And no appointment necessary for a cell phone or tablet repair. 
Just stop in for quick service. Batteries plus bulbs. Powered by the all-new Bet Parks New Jersey Casino and Sportsbook app. BetParks.com. This is the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it's Harry Hurley approaching 31 minutes past the hour with three stories you can follow right now on the app and at WPGTalkRadio.com. New Jersey Deli has been named one of the top Jewish delis in America, and they've been where they are now for more than 100 years. Stockton University has made a big move. Money Magazine rates colleges based on many factors. This happens to be a rating of best colleges for the money. Stockton finishes strong. Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show, airspace restrictions, and the air show schedule on the app. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Today we fall out of the fetch of deep moisture. That means rain chances go way down and humidity will be on the decrease too. We do have some patchy fog around across South Jersey. Look for a mix of sun and clouds today, high of 86 degrees. A shower may pop up this afternoon into this evening. Clearing skies tonight, low 69, and tomorrow looks like a great summer day. Low humidity, lots of sun, high 88. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's uh, 37 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamut. I am early in the morning. For all of your financial planning needs, turn to Chuck Malamut and the Malamut team. 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010. We're going to go across the pond because inflation is uh, is a big factor in the U.K. as well. You know, Harry, we did mention this uh, briefly, you know, last week, and I think mm-hmm. it, it, we'd be remiss if we didn't come back to it because, uh, as as difficult as we think it's here, is here in our, our country, it's absolutely worse, you know, uh, across the pond. Um, again, uh, a recession is right on the verge of happening if it hasn't happened already there. <laughs> Uh, 40-year high in the cost of living. Consumer confidence in the U.K. fell to a record low uh, this past August. Retail sales were muted, um, although they did have they did have a two-day quote-unquote sale, which helped in, during during the month of during the month of July. Um, volume down overall a, th- a third uh, month over month. Mm. And uh, a recent survey that was done by Bloomberg uh, shows that uh, UK economists see a 75% chance of recession within the next year. Um, And that was up from about 45%, Harry, just in the prior survey. It was done about 60 days ago. And and inflation there uh, is now at 10.1%. Wow. First time since 1982. Um, but but there is you know there is a silver lining here, uh, much like we're seeing here in the U.S. We're seeing it over there. Uh, solid uh, U.K. employment report uh, with the unemployment rate holding steady at about three point eight percent, although real wages continue to be undermined by surging inflation. Very, I mean, it's a very very similar story to what we're seeing here in our country. Yeah, even a little worse. Well, actually, I mean, yeah, the employment. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting, like you and Kirk talk about 
you know, those that quote unquote have have, you know, uh, retired. They basically have gone to the way, you know, gone to the other side saying, well, I'm not don't count me as somebody that is willing and able to work. Do you think there are a lot of people that retired that are coming out of retirement because they have to work right now? I think I've been hearing a little I bit about that. I think you're seeing that, which kind of get. I mean, Harry, that's a great segue to uh, to what you know to, to the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, and that's uh, you know spending money that you don't have. I mean, if you if you go back and look at um, back in let's go let's the Waveback Machine, two thousand and three, so mm-hmm. twenty about twenty years ago, you know, credit card debt in, in our country was about three times the size of student loan debt. You might want to make some notes of this. You know, in in 2003, credit card debt, three times, three X student loan debt, about 690 billion versus 240 billion. Now let's go to 2010. Credit card debt, 740 billion, smaller smaller than student debt harry uh 760 billion hmm. right now we're at the end of june credit card debt 890 billion school student debt, debt 1.7 trillion you're close 1.59 trillion <sighs> 1.59 trillion so wow. and now so the question is and uh, we talked about this last week, and I think we'll talk about it again. I mean, well, to, you know, August 31, you know, is a week and a day. Uh, but prior to that, you know, the uh, what, what happened last week, the Department of Education announced that they're going to cancel about $4 billion of student loans, federal student loans. Uh, it's about 208,000 borrowers. So that's about almost 20,000 per borrower. And, they, and a lot of that, that debt was being canceled as a result of the fraudulent, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of these pay, you know, these these colleges you pay, you know, um, it's not a traditional, you know, uh, Stockton. You know, it's, um, and, and most, most recently it was called, you know, the one that really took, quote unquote, a lot of people's money was ITT, um, Technical Institute. And that happened... You know, in 2005 it started, and they closed in 2016. So, I guess I don't have a particular. I don't have a problem if you've been defrauded, and um, yeah, the government's going to step in and say, "Look, you know, you, you recover. You, you didn't get paid. You didn't. You know, you didn't. You didn't receive what you paid for." Uh, but I, I think the question at hand here is: Let me tell you something else that's happening, Chuck. Some of the lenders. And one of them in particular has did a lot of these loans, and they're not able to do them anymore. They're going to a different lender by uh, a decision of the federal government. People that were told or not properly explained how much interest compounds if you're in forbearance and things like mm-hmm. that – there are people that are going to get their loans forgiven because of those activities. This is going to be a big number. And I'll tell you one other thing, and then I'll turn it back to you. In fact, after the break, this I read yesterday. There is a pitch right now trying to get the president to approve forgiving $10,000 per per borrower. Uh, and 
there's no word yet on extending the um, pause on making your monthly payment. But you and I, I think are both in agreement. There's no way they're going to tell people with just a couple of days notice, oh, your payment's due tomorrow. So my sources tell me the federal government has pro- has quietly told all the lenders do not send out bills mm-hmm. for September 1st. That, yeah. that, that we almost know that that's going to be extended. So, so Harry, as of as of now, the total amount of loan relief provided, you know, by government is about thirty two billion, uh, and that includes thirteen billion that we talked about for defrauded borrowers. So, a- again, you're back to that ten thousand you just mentioned. I didn't mention one important thing: one hundred fifty thousand dollars, one hundred and twenty five thousand. Well, I saw one fifty per year. As of yesterday, they lowered it to one twenty five. One twenty five. Okay. All right. I saw the 150. Break, break time. We'll be back. Don't go away. Chuck Malama continues. All about your financial matters. 609-383-2010. Political consultant Rick Shafton in a rare Hurley in the Morning appearance. He'll be joining us in the next hour. He's probably close to Broadcast Center as we speak. Good morning, Rick. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's uh, nine minutes before the top of the hour. We continue with Chuck Malamut, all about your financial matters. Uh, total household debt. What's happening, Chuck? So, Harry, since we talked about credit card debt and student loan debt, I think maybe I think a, a, let's move on for a second and talk about total household debt. In our country, uh, a record of 16 point one five trillion mm-hmm. and that was at the end of june um seventy percent of that debt harry is mortgage related about eleven point four trillion again another all-time record uh, but th- the good news is harry what percentage of u.s households right now do you think are debt free Ooh, um, tough question it is a tough question uh let's see it's more than I think people would believe, but it's not a majority. Um, I'm going to say 30%. Not quite, but good guess. Um, actually, 23%. I was going to say of, 25 of all, of all households um, in our country. And I think that's a great number, actually, yeah. when you think about it. It's not bad. Are debt-free. And that's just not mortgage debt. That's credit card debt. That's student yeah. loan debt. Like one out of four. That's a great number. Yeah. Uh, so I think we are, you know, as... as Unfortunately, as the number continues to move onward and upward, which is kind of what I want to chat about here in a second, I mean, it's still a pretty respectable number. This is not good, Harry. U.S. national debt. Mm-mm. U.S. national debt at the – at the uh, from, from December – from year-end of this past year, 2021, to the beginning of August, our national debt, Harry, increased one trillion dollars one trillion dollars from 29.6 to 30.6 trillion terrible we, we can't spend the money government can't spend the money fast enough and now money, there's another money three that we quarters don't have of a trillion that's in the way yeah. that's in the pipeline ready to go wow just wow and it'll never be paid back there's no way to pay it back well i don't know how you pay it back and 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 you know again sort of a little bit off what we talked about here because we really didn't, we didn't talk much about the IRA, the Inflation 
Harry, why do you have an IRA twice? You have an individual retirement account? Right. The Inflation, Inflation Reduction, Reduction Act. Act. I mean, I they know. couldn't think of something which, different? Which they quickly said is... Really not that. ...a climate bill and health care bill. It's not inflation reduction at all. I don't know how you spend. I don't know how you can spend money, raise taxes, and get inflation down all at the same time. It's a, just. A, it, I don't. I think it's pretty impossible, Harry. Well, here's something that I learned from Chuck Malamut over thirty. I learned it before thirty-one years ago because we were together before that. But I've learned it our entire broadcasting career together, which is thirty-one years, and that's that you cannot time the market. That you have to spend time in the market. So I'll put the question out to you timing the market harry definitely you have to get the pen and paper out on this one this is pen and papers out this is definitely worth you know memorizing i'm here uh so so over the last 30 years through the end of july 30 on years. average the s p total return including dividends about 10 percent per year 10 percent per year okay so have you have your calculator there right actually you don't need it so i'll give you the i'll give you the okay. information in a minute i do have the calculator so th- that there were there were 7,554 trading days over that 10-year period of time. 10-year period. If you take out the 22 best days, wow. the 22, 20, now Harry, 22 out of 7,500, your average return is cut in half to 5% per year. Wow. Five percent. Twenty-two year. days represents half, half of the return of the S and P five hundred over thirty years. Over thirty years. That's it's that's in, breathtaking. It, it is, and that's why I wanted to. That's why I wanted to get pen and pen and paper. Wow. And I hope your listeners are doing the same thing. And it, this is a true testament. It, you know, there's a lot of noise, and there's a lot of noise all the time. There's a lot of noise right now in the summertime. We're talking about Jackson Hole, Jerome Powell. 75 basis points, 50 basis points. I mean, there's noise everywhere. So anybody, when you think about it like this, it really does validate the words time in the market, not trying to time the market. Because if you didn't participate in 22 days out of 7,554 over the past 30 years, whatever you have in your statement today would be half. Correct. That's powerful. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, 10%, 10%, I think, is a, a, a an above-average rate of return. When we run our life view analysis... 10%? You would take we, that We're running equities time. at about 7 to 8%. Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, again, you know, try not to zig and zag. If you, if you are truly committed and you're, you say you're long-term, then you need to kind of... I don't want to say forget about the noise... But you have to put the noise to the side here, Harry. I think it's very, very important. My youngest child, who you know, well, you know all my children, Chuck, but my son, who will be 33, who is 33, actually, July 20th, he's 33. He's got a 36 and a 39-year-old sisters. He said to me at my home this past weekend, Dad, I don't think Social Security is going to be there when I retire. I said, son, I said, I, I, Chuck will back me up on this. I've been saying that for half my life. But I guess, I mean, listen, I listen. What I so guess you, you, I'm you, going you, to get you, it. You get, you know, you're going to get it. And do you think there'll be any change by the time I get it, or will I get it how I'm supposed to get it? There will be change, Harry. Look, they're, they're talking about changing a number of items. One, the the retirement age, increasing it. 
but not for people and, that are near it. And, and, and maybe impacting the benefit. So then, then, Chuck, don't we have to take a hard look at if that even remotely looks like it's coming true? Anybody 62 or more, you got to jump in. Well, I think they can't have, mess I, with I think, it once you got it. I think you have enough time. I mean, once you grant, you know, to, to make a decision, you want your grandfather in, you're in. Just remember, Social Security on average, you know, increases by, you know, roughly 8% per year. The benefit when you go from 62 to uh, what is called full retirement age, and Harry, in this case, probably age 67 for you, that's on top, on top of that, you have the annual increase. You know, based on CPI. And this is actually a big increase. And it looks like as of through the end of September, uh, inflation was up about 8.7% over that time period. So I'm holding up 10 fingers. Yeah, so that's that's the estimate, you know, anywhere from 8 to 10. So, I mean, that's great on paper. It sounds wonderful. But, you know, just think about. Do you think big changes are coming within, within five years? I would not be at all surprised, Harry. I mean, we're sort of on a collision course. And remember, what politician do you know is willing to stick their neck out to, you know, reduce they never an do, entitlement? If you reduce the entitlement, I mean, that's a, a voting demographic that votes at the highest level percentage-wise. That's why I've always believed they they don't have the courage to do that because they might be voting themselves out of office. Closing comment, anything you want to share? Harry, a lot going on, a lot of noise. You're going to have a lot of noise tomorrow in, in, in a good way. Yes. Um, you know, enjoy the air show. I know you're going to work hard. You have a lot of, you have a great lineup. Um, I think it's going to be a fabulous. Thank you for your fab- sponsorship. You're welcome. It'll be a fabulous day for Atlantic City, no doubt about it. Chuck, this is awesome. As always, for all of your financial planning needs, turn to Chuck Malamut, 609-383-2010. The Malamut team, Chuck Malamut, the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program, for the Hurley charity, for the Hurley family. Chuck Malamut, 609-383-2010. Go Yankees, go Dodgers. How are you? Have a great day. Yeah, that, Kirk, go Phil. Wasn't that beautiful what I just did for you there? Rick Shafton joins us next. We're going to talk politics in the fourth quarter, which begins right now on the Hurley in the Morning program. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back at six minutes past the hour in studio. Now, this is going to be a lot of fun because we didn't set anything up we're just going to talk about what we know, what we think we know. We go back the entire length and breadth of the existence of this program, which is now 31 years. Rick and I go back. Rick Shafton, very familiar to a lot of people in the area. He's worked on a lot of campaigns uh, for candidates all over the country. Rick, it is great to welcome you into the studio. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, it's good to be down here. I haven't been down. In, actually, we were in Atlanta City last night. Which I hadn't been in a while. And uh, we went down to Tony's Baltimore Grill. Grill. It was Love great. It, it was Love great. It. 
Great food. Did you have pizza? We What'd did. You have? We did. Yeah, it's, it's, and the bruschetta was excellent. Yeah, really we good. we love it. We yeah. love it there. Yeah. Uh, so, Rick, because you were our guest, I want to give you the first topic. What do you want to talk about? Well, I think uh, we should talk about the twenty twenty two elections and what's going on with them. And uh, you know, at first it was going to be a major blowout. Then, which I still say it which is. Which I think I think it will be too, because elections are about turnout. And would, first off, a lot of these polls that are being done. They're all adults polls. They're yeah. registered voters. Never likely. They're not likely voter yep. polls. Yep. And when you get a likely voter screen, you get a lot of different things in it. And what's happened is turnout's way up in elections now. I mean, it used to be you had to screen voters as an off-year yep. election. When I'm polling this year, we're at, did you vote in 2020 or 2021? Then we're going to talk to you because in 2018, there were a lot of people who voted who had not voted in any off-year elections previously. Rick, is the definition of a likely voter still someone that's voted in the past three elections, something like that? Well, it was, but now you don't know. I mean, 2018, in Virginia, 600,000 people voted who didn't vote for the governor's race. Yeah. It was, and it was a Senate race. It wasn't, you know, governor's important. Senator is like town council for a lot of people. Yes. And, and uh, you had this insane turnout. So now what's happening is you can't really produce those models to predict anything anymore. And you mentioned it's about turnout, but it's also about what issues are. And right now, the issues that are important in America, people are feeling this inflation. So you have significant pocketbook issues that are happening uh, and it's a dour mood right now. 75% of the American people say the country is on the wrong track. When have you ever heard that be good news for the party that's 25% popular at the moment? Right. Well, what they want to do is demoralize our people. Correct. And uh, they want to make you think, oh, my God, Biden's 39%, 40% on, on his best day. And, and, and in, inflation is off the charts and gas is $5 a gallon. But you still love us and you still want to vote for Democrats. Rick, I'm not buying it. Well, and also you have the open borders issue, which people are seeing on the news. That's it's terrible. becoming very real for people yeah. as, as migrants are filtering into the whole country. Where do people see this in their school systems? Right. And then speaking of school systems, the biggest thing that's, that's out there is the wokeness issue. And because the pandemic let people see what was going on in schools for the first time, now you got all these kids videotaping their teachers and yes. everything else. Changed it's everything. becoming a huge, huge issue, especially well, as you know, in a state like New Jersey where you got these crazy new regulations about to go in. And, and you, you and I talked about this, Rick, in real time, and you were very uh, close to the situation Terry McAwful was going to win. Definitely going to win. For sure. Yeah. And then you had this goofy-ass government decide at the highest levels, the, the, the attorney general calling moms in particular, it seemed, and I'll throw dads in there too, domestic terrorists because they cared about their children's education. And when Terry McAwful said that you have no right you know, to what goes on in your kid's education, he lost the election right there. And 10 years ago, that wouldn't have been that big a deal. Right. If he didn't say that, if he just stayed home that day, right? Glenn Youngkin doesn't shock right. the world. And, and now he and, and, and you hit it because people think, oh, Youngkin ran this great campaign. Youngkin just happened to be the guy who was there it, right. when the house of cards fell in. Right, because he wasn't particularly dynamic. No. And but, didn't really have much of a message. I but, mean, his right. Message but was when you win, change. you become and you look at people look at the Commonwealth of Virginia as a blue state used to be a red state, as you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and by the way, the guy that doesn't get his due 
but he is going to win next time out. Jack Chinarelli. What maybe. A, why, maybe. What His a, problem was that he just didn't – he was – another one trying to win the other side's votes and not mobilizing his base. And these are turnout elections. He was busy trying to win Democrats. And all he had to do – if everybody who had voted for Donald Trump in 2020 had voted for Chitterelli in 21, he would have won by a landslide. But he wasn't motivating his folks. He was busy trying to be yeah, – he, he made that sodomy comment. And then his blowback to that was to just panic on everything and, and pull back. Why, why do Democrats do better in the zombie vote – all vote by mail elections why do they they do better on messenger absentee ballots republicans have to figure this out rick well they do i worked for the when i was i did municipals i had a lot of democrats i worked for the guys who invented this in palisades park and we had a guy walk in the board of elections with 120 ballots in a box one day and it's like everybody's vote fraud vote fraud one thing i learned about democrats they have lawyers tell them how to do everything legally they, I mean, so he were, was the bearer of those ballots, right? Correct? He was the bearer. He was the messenger. Was totally legal. Everybody signed, right? Yeah. And so and, they didn't have a limit to how many you could have one person, right? The, New Jersey changed Remember the law because of Palisades yes. Park, and well, also changed, because of the Callaways in and Atlantic the Callaways. City, right? But it's the same thing. These guys know how to do. It. First off, Democrats live closer than Republicans, so it's easier to collect ballots, uh, right? And our people are more likely to vote, so and, and want to vote on election day. But we have to train people to get that extra vote. See, what happened in Palisades Park, the two votes they brought in were going to vote on Election Day anyway. But it was the third vote. It was the kid on the couch who wasn't going to vote, and they got that third vote. And we need to be doing the same thing. Yeah, and, we, and, we, and when Trump told people to vote on Election Day, it was the worst. I knew Democrats who were, you know, a lot of Democrats were pro-Trump privately. I mean, you know people like yeah, that. sure. And they were asking, why are they telling people to vote on Election Day? They should get your, what's the, the, the lives? Get them in the bank. Get the votes in the bank. Yeah, you tell somebody to vote on Election Day. If they don't vote, they didn't vote. Well, I had two employees who didn't vote because they were hanging out and yeah. went to the high school. Yeah, they met too. The early voting was, except that they now they had to drive 30 miles to the other polling place. The other thing I'd love to see go away, but I, I don't think any of this stuff is going to go away. You see right now neighboring countries are talking about Internet voting. Imagine if we can vote by a text, a text message. This right. is like American Idol. You get each person gets 10 votes. It's going to be absolutely awful, Rick. I also despise these drop boxes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think this is just so bad for the republic. I, I, forgive me. Uh, call me old fashioned. I'm really big about one person, one vote. I love one election day. Right, Come right. on. Do, do, you know how many jobs right now they're making it that you don't even work on election day? Vote on election day. What's this two weeks of elections? Right. right. Oh, yeah. It's, it's terrible. It's, and, and you actually have a few states that still have that. And, and I've gotten so, because I'm working all over the place. I've gotten so used to planning a two-week, three-week election day. And it was just, well, 95% of the people are going to vote on election day. It's like, really? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and, sure uh, they are. It's, I mean, Alabama, you still have that. Everybody votes on election day. Uh, but campaign, with the problem with this is that campaigns now have to budget for a longer period of time. Yes, changes and everything. And it requires more money. Yeah. And it's great for political consultants, but it's not good for candidates. It's not good for upstart candidates who want to come in, they come in late with a little yep. bit of money and win. And so it's it's, you, almost, it's an incumbency protection move. On the campaigns that you run, you have to make sure your candidate doesn't lose the election before Election Day. Right. Because in many cases, and it seems like Democrats that, that, that have this, you know, uh, just figured out, they get an insurmountable lead before Election Day. Right. 
And no matter what the turnout is on Election Day, Florida, for example, the Democrats won the early vote and Republicans did a great job getting the vote out on Election Day. And it wound up being a very comfortable win for President Trump. But as you remember, you know, DeSantis is this rock star now. He won in a in a um, in a recount, like Mm -hmm. a super duper recount. And uh uh, Scott won by even less. Right, right. I mean, so they were very, very close. Uh, DeSantis this time out, though, is a runaway winner. I would say so. I think so. I, I would say it, minimum five points, probably more like seven. I think more like ten. Ten. Yeah. Uh, what DeSantis has going for him, and and this is why he's got a lot of popularity. Every day he is doing something for the team. Yeah. It's he's not apologizing. Never. He's not watering something down he's not uh, i mean the florida legislature does a redistricting plan adds a seat he's like no i want three seats yeah so now they got a 20 to 8 map in florida and if and some it, and if some judge doesn't uphold the florida constitution he suspends them right right exactly. he's driving the, the left crazy right that is the equivalent of what of what reagan firing the air traffic yes and people are like, oh, you're not going to do it. He's like, I did it. Yeah. I just did it. They didn't think he would do so it. So where Trump's problem comes in is Trump is not doing anything. My mom points. I was like, what's Trump doing? He's not doing anything. And now the new, all the news is bad. However, the only thing I'll disagree with, let's talk about this after the break. Yeah, yeah. The raid has increased his prospects. Temporarily. Okay. Well, the financing is up. His polling numbers are up. I, I don't believe that there is a single Republican, DeSantis included, that has any chance to beat Trump in a primary. Somewhere in my phone, Rick, I have it. He's like a hundred and I don't know what it is, a hundred and ninety six and nine oh, oh, or something. Well, a lot of those people like I, a lot of them are meatballs. I, mean, I know. Like Jeff Andrew in a primary against I know. Show a, nobody a, is a, like a lot of them know. are meatballs. <laughs> Come on. But he took a stand in oh, all the tough dude. races, too. Yeah. I mean, I can count my unopposed. I, I have clients who they're of opponents, right? Does that I get count what as you're a saying. Win? Yeah, if you're on a, if you're unopposed, it, it's a meatball. But he did. You look at the most recent states where there were very contested seats, Lake and the other ones. Yep. Whoever he endorsed would win. For example, if he doesn't endorse Oz, who was the guy that was running against Oz? Well, it was McCormick, Kathy McCormick. Barnett. If he endorses McCormick, McCormick. Well, is, but Georgia, see, it was the kind of the opposite, and that was the big test was. Uh, a Brian Kemp, who yes. was Satan, and and I mean, but David he was Perdue, unbeatable. But the problem was, David Perdue only ran on this election issue and got twenty two percent. Yeah, and the problem is that Trump keeps talking about the election issue, and those two seats losing the two Georgia seats, which they actually won, but they had the rule that you have to have a, a, the majority, the so the so you have yeah. the runoff. Without those two seats, a lot of bad stuff that's been happening would have never happened. We'll be right back. A brief time out. More with Rick Shafton. You can tell uh, a significant degree of political acumen on the Hurley in the Morning program. We continue. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
for investing. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Great one. 24 minutes past the hour. Hurley in the morning with uh, highly respected and, and talented political consultant Rick Shafton. And we're talking about Decision 2022. So I say this, Rick. I, I know the Democrat media is very... Uh, very much pushing like somehow Democrats have a chance. I say the House is gone. It's 100 percent in my mind. Just just a normal first midterm of an incumbent president. They lose seats. This is extraordinary uh, how bad Biden has been. They're going to lose a lot of seats. So they say, oh, my God, it's a two to 30 seat difference. There's 25 toss ups or something like that at the moment. Republicans have to win at least half or more of those. So I figure Republicans will have anywhere from a minimum of 15 to 30 seat, 15 to 25, 15 to 30 seat advantage in the House. Are we on the same page? Yep. Maybe okay. more. Could be more. It could be more because it could very well be a wave election like 1994 that the media didn't see coming. And a lot as of you this know. stuff breaks in the last two weeks. Correct. You know, and people know they know how much they're paying for food. They know how much they're paying for gas. They know all this. So the house, in my estimation, is gone. What what we do on this program, and you know me for a long time, we're honest brokers. I don't lie. I knew Romney was going to lose. I said it. I knew McCain was going to lose. I said it. It gets certain people mad, but I'm not going to come on and lie. They were both terrible candidates. And and actually, you could make the case that both of them should have won. One of them for sure. Every Republican should win a presidential race. We should never lose any presidential race. But yeah, lose the Electoral College, but not lose the states. But this I have been saying from the beginning, Rick, the Senate is very much in doubt. Well, it's in doubt because there's candidates who are all over the place. And uh, you have Dr. Oz, for example, right, who's been all over the place on issues. And he's running these camps. Well, I'm visible and Fetterman's not. That's not how you're going to beat this. But John Fetterman's a communist. He's a communist who's never had a job. He's like Pennsylvania's version of Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Fetterman. And, and Fetterman hasn't even been out there. I mean, he has. But his a, media has been very active. Well, but his media is very active. So do you make cam- who cares if you make campaign appearances or not? Nobody sees the candidate running statewide. Do you think this thing with him in the hoodie and all of that is that is that appealing? Is it, he, it is makes he him Joe cool regular versus? See, they try to make it a per- Democrats always want to make race about personality because Oz has to be the guy that has mansions in New Jersey right. and in the in in Europe. And right. and and now he just moved to Pennsylvania just to run. So he's got to be the elitist snob. Right. Right. But it's see, they're trying to make this about they don't want to make it about Fetterman's communist ideology. They want to make it about who's more Pennsylvania. Which is, it's like, or who's more Jersey when you have these Jersey, right? It's the same type of silliness. Well, they're, Fetterman. I mean, it didn't work on Phil Murphy, right? Who's like not Jersey, right? That was but the Fetterman, Girelli campaign. Fetterman is doing this, you're not even from here, because Oz did just jump right. in there. Right. Democrats do that. They want to make campaigns about anything other than issues. It's about personality. Now, I thought Oz was a very good primary election candidate because McCormick was a very, very good candidate. And that was a 50-50 Vulcan death match. And Trump tipped the difference. Yeah, I was supporting Whoever Kathy he, Barnett in that one. If, but, if yeah. McCormick, a lot, of, a lot of Trump people yeah, were yeah. supporting McCormick. If McCormick won, uh, if McCormick had Trump, he absolutely would have won the Republican nomination because it was ne- nearly well, 50-50. Well, a lot of people say, well, they're blaming Trump for these bad candidates. 
the can you know right now right now Oz is not running a good campaign. Can that change? Yeah, it could change because maybe somebody's going to come in there and say we got to talk about issues, do, do not you, personality. Do you give Oz a reasonable chance of coming back and winning? Yeah, I that? do. Actually. There is a close poll that was just released. Well, because look, you got a guy like John Fetterman's Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean, you have to make this about issues. Republicans always want to make things about personality, but we should be making it about issues. So we run these ads of the candidate walking with his family on the beach and the stupid nonsense, which doesn't say anything. It just says he's got a family. So what? And I'm, and I just remember when I was a kid, I was watching one of these commercials. A friend of my father was making a comment. Basically, to summarize it, his comment was that the opposite of what you saw on the image. He was just thinking, because people think all these ads are fake and everything's a lie and everything you're saying is a lie. And Republicans need to talk about issues. This is where we have the advantage. Democrats want to make it about anything but that. I mean, so, here, my brother just sent this to me. This is who Oz is running against. Right, exactly. Look at this guy. Exactly. Hey, I mean, exactly. he looks but like the cool, bum from Mystery Day. Some people think he's a cool guy. Amazing. Say, say the presidential race. Was it about Trump's record versus communism? No, it was about Trump, the nasty guy, and Sleepy Joe, who's so harmless. He's so senile. You don't have to worry about him as president. He doesn't know where the bathroom is. He'll not do. He won't do anything harmful because he's such a moron. And, and look, that was the problem. Yeah, and look at this. Instead I of mean, saying he may look dumb, he's a dangerous communist. Well, and especially the people that are controlling and calling the shots yeah i mean you've got you literally have prime minister ron Klain and susan rice right. running the country right but what do we hear about sleepy joe sleepy yeah. joe can't campaign can't have a rally you know what he didn't have rallies but trump was having all these rallies with all these people who already going to vote for him who were not out going door to door while they were at those rallies and how much did he spend on each rally i mean the planes there were a million dollars a rally that's a lot of TV that we didn't see those ads. But if you watch Fox News, you saw Biden ads all day long. If you listen to the radio, you heard Biden ads all day long. And I remember talking to a sales rep, a radio sales rep, three weeks out in a target state. And says, you must be overloaded with Trump ads. And I said, we haven't gotten a dime from Trump. It was a big radio station. Surprising. I was like, well, why not? Trump had done no radio anywhere in the country until about a day after I put a tweet out, how come Trump's not buying any radio? We're two and a half weeks to the election. And then suddenly a massive radio buy came out. So let's go Let's go through this. we got a couple of minutes before the break, and we have till six minutes past the top of the hour, so we're not even at halftime yet with Rick Shafton, political con, uh, consultant. Is Trump going to run, yes or no? No. Oh, okay. So we're going to just why. right off the bat. I say he does. What's the reason he doesn't? Well, I've been polling Iowa and New Hampshire. Caucus goers. Then we polled it in November. Trump was at 58, which I didn't think was that great even at 58, you know, back then. Mm -hmm. DeSantis, now, we just open-ended. We didn't say any names. Who's your first choice? Who's your second choice? Who's your third choice? Like I said, Donald Duck, whatever. Some people say saying Candace Owens is kind of interesting. Right. Right. But Trump had 58. DeSantis had 12. When we went in last month, Trump was down to 38. DeSantis is up to 17. The problem is when he asked first, second, third choice – Trump only hits 44. So now he's going into this. This is the de facto incumbent. He's going into this, and more than half Republicans are picking somebody else that are undecided. That's not a good sign. And Biden's got the same problem also on his side. The difference is, is that Trump's got DeSantis there, who has a lot of unsolicited support, whereas Biden's top opponent when we did this was Buttigieg at 4%. Uh, 
So yeah, I say Trump is running because he doesn't believe he lost. Yes. Uh, he has to run uh, because he wants to right the wrong that was done. I also believe that he's going to be under investigation for the rest of his life. So he wants to run to turn that stuff off, that crap off, because mm. uh, a lot of that goes away mm. when he's president. And it probably withers on the vine because he can't run again after that. So I say he runs for that level of self-preservation to ego. And I have the advantage of having worked for him, and I know him very well. I say there's – I mean it's as close to 100 percent in my mind that he's running. I'll tell you why that. He's got a couple of problems. First up is campaign finance. He's got a pack with $100 zillion yeah. in it, which he can't go any – not only can he not go near it, no one associated with him can – if once he becomes a candidate, there's 120 days – that you have to have separation there. So right. who's close enough to him to have to run that pack that he's going to trust not going to steal all that money? There's a lot of money in there. Yeah. Right? And once you run it, you can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> you know? Give it to all your friends or whatever. As long as you're not breaking the law, you can do whatever you want with it. Well, so he has to trust somebody enough. And and then and the problem he's got is somebody he trusted a lot apparently is a confidential informant who gave information for this warrant. Because apparently there are things in that warrant that, it, the request for the warrant that only very few people knew. So when you're saying one of your top people is flipping on you, like you trust anybody. So who becomes your campaign staff? And then the other problem is how do you raise money? You can go to your prior donors, but there's only that's you're not going to get. He's not going to get the high dollar money. He's going to get a lot of twenty dollar donations, but the twenty dollar donations have a high overhead to them. So. It's, it becomes very difficult to fund a campaign like that. And then the final problem is he, then he has to go to Iowa and campaign like he did six, eight years ago. The difference is, is that he, then he was a businessman. He was a novelty. Now he's the former president and he has to lower himself. I don't see him doing that. I think he just wants to kind of clear the field. But it's very obvious DeSantis is not going to let him clear the field. Well, I, DeSantis is my second pick. Yeah. Fabulous, well, he's a lot of second Fabulous pick. governor. Uh, and I think he should wait, uh, not be on the ticket even, because Flor Trump doesn't need him for the election. He would be a great VP candidate, and, you know, in conventional terms, then in four years he could be the heir apparent, but you don't know what's going to happen over, I think, four years of President Trump never running for anything ever again will be absolutely wild. Oh, here's another thing. It will be wild. After four years of Joe Biden, we're going to run another 78-year-old. See, it's another thing. With yeah, this. Trump, though, has this uh, vitality where the age is just biological, chronological. He doesn't look Could like be. Biden. That's he looks very high okay. energy. I'm just saying, 78, he'll have to campaign. So what are the money. odds? It's just a lot what of you, things What do you set the odds that Trump will run? I think it's very low. Wow. I think it's very low. I think he One wants, of us is going to be right. I think he wants to. I think it's very high. I think he wants to clear the field, but DeSantis won't let him do it. And the problem he has. So, is in other words, if he if it was just by acclamation and he didn't even really have to run for it, then you think he would do it? Yeah, I think he'd do it then. But but, but he doesn't want to have to be in like a death match. And he doesn't want to have to be in a death match for the guy who's thirty years younger than him, who's got a who every day is doing this. And the problem that he's creating for himself is by focusing on the twenty twenty election. He's not focusing on Biden. That I agree with. And and that's been a big mistake. It becomes the past and the twenty twenty election is now over it's almost two years ago. And that's if, a lifetime. I still say he's running, but if January sixth didn't happen, 
the country would be begging Trump to run right now. If he had just gone away, no January 6th and just gone away, you just look at the Trumponomics versus Bidenomics. This is the drama. People are don't they don't want the drama anymore. They want to they want to be cheering every day. But but they'd like two dollar a gallon gas and two percent inflation yes. yeah. versus six dollar gas right. and ten nine percent right. inflation. But they want to hear they want to see that we're on the offense. Yeah. So when they see all this, it's like we're on defense. And and it Fox News talk radio ratings dropped right after the election because our people got very demoralized. They didn't want to hear anything. Then it went up. And now it's kind of like we're getting this kind of like, you know, it's people, I don't know if I want to hear all this stuff. Like, they don't want to hear it. So we have to shift the, the focus. And, of course, they want to keep talking about this stuff over and over again because it keeps their keeps us from talking about their communist agenda. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you, Biden, he says he's running. We'll talk about whether we think he is. When we come back, Rick Shafton, political consultant with yours truly. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back 42 minutes past the hour. Rick Shafton, political consultant extraordinaire. Rick Joe Biden, I say he's not running. He has to say he's running because he can't lame duck himself too early. Uh, but the, I, I set the odds at very close to zero that he, he's not running. He's not running. And I think he knows he's not running, but he can't say it right now. Right. Which I would support if I were advising him. You can't say it now. You're lame duck the moment you say that. Right. Uh, he's been a terrible president. That's an understatement. I mean, you look at you look at where we were and where we are in – what what 18 months time a little more than that now just terrible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and democrats look at him as that he's just not going to win democrats don't want him to run so you know the jockeying is starting i mean you got gavin newsom's out there and uh trying to promote himself and when we polled iowa how democrats about what, what what do you say as a political consultant when joe biden was out of the country and gavin newsom is without his jacket on, strolling like John F. Kennedy at the White House. I mean, I thought that was, at one level, really disrespectful to the president. At another level, brilliant politics. Mm -hmm. I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing, and the media gave him exactly what he was looking for. Well, we can only hope that, you know, I mean, just imagine... an election matchup between the governor of Florida and the governor of California. So we have a choice. We can make America Florida or we can make America California. Well, the contrast would be would be amazing. About, about and, as amazing as you could get. And there was a point, see if you agree with this, and you, the polling would support it even. There was a point in time when Gavin Newsom would have been thrown out of office. Mm-hmm. He Time was his friend. Mm-hmm. As it got, even though they got all the signatures in order to be able to do it, which they didn't get done for Gascon, that surprises me that they fell 200,000 short. He should have been absolutely on the ballot and he'd be gone. But Gavin Newsom went from sort of dead man walking to being touted like well, he could be the Democratic nominee for president. Well, because How he, did that happen? Because he lucked out in the recall because Larry Elder became the top candidate. Yeah. 
and it, his campaign was a scam. I mean, this guy's doing relief factor ads while he's yes. running for governor. I mean, come on. How do you take this guy seriously? <laughs> and yet he was the top Republican. He sucked all the oxygen out of the rest of the field. And that's allowed – so nobody got traction, and that allowed Newsom to win. So you think a solid candidate could have beaten Newsom? Yeah, yeah. And Larry Elder is just like – he's just promoting himself. I mean, now you see this guy every two minutes on Relief Factor. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, yeah, I felt pain. Right? So it's it's – it's, uh, I mean, I feel for people in California, but I feel for you guys in New Jersey. Although I think there's hope. See, I think the guy Republicans need to run here is Mike Testa. There's a guy who's a very strong candidate. Senator Testa is a great he, friend. He has been, look, he flipped the first. Uh, terrific guy. But he's a, he's a hard-charging candidate. He's a strong conservative. And yet he has, he has, a connect, he has appealed to the establishment Republicans. He actually can do kind of what DeSantis should do, which is to bring both wings, wings of the party together. Which is, you know, it's I mean, the conservative wing is stronger, but there's still an establishment wing and has a lot of money. Now, and Jack, Jack probably believes he's heir apparent. He did. No, he definitely. He did the that. thing that you he's, do to win in New Jersey. Christy Whitman almost beat Bill Bradley. Right. Bradley, now that was right. for Senate, not for governor. She was the next governor. McGreevy almost beat Whitman. He was the next governor. You know, I could do the right, whole. Exactly, I've yeah. written about it. You, you got to lose whole game. once to right. correct. Lose close, lose respectably. Lost close twice now, and you win. But but he but he did lose very respectably close against an incumbent mm-hmm. um, governor. Uh, would Testa? take on Chitterelli in a contested primary? I, I, I can't speak for that, but I think the test would have won in 2021. I think he would have. It would have been much stronger on issues. He would have motivated more people to vote on the Republican side. And that's where Jack's weak. He just doesn't want to get out there and be bold. And I think Testa's shown that he can can do that. And this is what people want. They don't want somebody who's weak, especially now we're, we're talking about Hispanic voters yeah. who, are, who are looking for strong leaders and people who, who have some difference. They're not looking for a weak Democrat they're looking for a conservative who represents the values that they believe in. And actually, it's a, you know, this open borders situation, Democrats 20 years from now are going to be very sorry they did this. Oh, I agree. They think they've created the permanent Democrat majority. This, I saw the numbers, Rick. This is 5 million illegals. Right. And you throw gotaways in there to the tune of like almost another million Uh this this is this is devastating. And, and, and look look how New York and the District of Columbia mayor they're going nuts over a couple of the, a couple of buses. Send them to Hamptons and Martha's Vineyard. That's what yeah. they should send them. But what's what's going to happen is that is that uh, uh, you know Hispan- Hispanic voters are seeing this, and if Democrats are like, oh well, there's common ground with the illegals. Hispanics are saying these are the people we left that country to get away from, and now they're coming here. Yeah, and it's not. Well, that's not the way Democrats had hoped it would We've got to get the final break in right now, but we'll talk about this on the other side of the break. The illegal immigration invasion, because when you're talking 5 million, go to the definition of the word invasion, it qualifies. It's not hyperbole, to quote Joe Biden. He uses that word, as you know, a thousand times a a week uh, because it's the only word I think that's on the cue card. But there's no doubt people that spent seven, eight, nine years to get here legally that would have to work, pay taxes, go home, come back, go home, come back, and then some bureaucratic slop happens and they got to start again. And then they see people coming in the front of the line, getting cell phones, uh, furniture, apartments, everything. Uh, I agree with you. That is the biggest reason, in my estimation, why the Hispanic vote is flipping Republican. And and, and the wokeness stuff. Yeah. Because they see this. And it's just like, whoa, like, yeah. like 
men can have babies and what, what yeah. is, like what countries we had this? a supreme court nominee that couldn't answer the question what is a woman right I can't answer but that you question. See, here's where I blame the Republicans. Republicans could have stopped her nomination by boycotting the committee hearing. They could have just not shown up, which they've done a number of times for other hearings. But instead, they showed up. They all voted no. Well, they were went afraid, out anyway. But they were afraid to be called racist. They were afraid to be called racist. And all that. The number one problem Republicans have is they are afraid to be called racist. They pull their punches. And Democrats keep kicking and kicking and kicking and kicking. And we can call them communists all day long. They don't care. No, they don't. They'll they don't block care. anything. We were they don't care about being called anything. Right. We'll be right back. Don't go away. 49 minutes past the hour early in the morning with Rick Shafton. Here's a little preview. It'll be a quick one, but this is where we'll be tomorrow uh, starting at 6 a.m. Uh, until it's over. It's going to be a great day. The weather is going to be perfect for the 19th annual. Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show, the largest midweek air show in America. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPGG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. I miss my baby. Someone stole my baby. By the way, my baby is my landscaping truck that was literally stolen from a job site. Baby, won't you please come home? Owning a small business isn't always as lovely as it sounds, but with 30-plus customizable coverage options, Progressive Commercial keeps your business humming along. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. I love my sweetheart. By the way, that's my riding lawnmower. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage and discounts not available for all vehicles or states. Policy terms and conditions apply. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building Do Good Village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's a first-of-its-kind community with over 100 homes for program recipients. A place where Gold Star families, families of fallen first responders, and catastrophically injured heroes can live together with neighbors who understand. A place where the children of these families will grow up together. Help America's greatest heroes and their families to heal together. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Gotta, gotta say this. I just said real quick to Rick. Rick Shafton's with us, uh, and I, I wish we had more time, but we're going to make a count. We've got about 12 minutes until Kilmeade. So I said, Rick, who's going to win, Nadler or Mah- uh, Mahoney? Because, or Maloney, rather. Because I love the fact that they got gerrymandered and they have to run against each other. That's like a gift. One of them is gone. Rick, please give your answer. It was fantastic. Well, it's, it's going to be Nadler. And uh, <laughs> and here's why, by the way. Because we hate Nadler more than we hate Carolyn Maloney. So he'll so, win. So he'll win. I totally because, agree. And here's why. Because, like, you know, one of us will be talking to one of our little, oh, who you vote? you're not voting for that nut Nadler, are you? Well, they're going to vote for them. It's See, when I'm in a campaign, I try to get liberals to hate my candidate. So they say, you're not going to vote for that nut, are you? It's like, oh, okay, well, if my cousin Brenda ha- hates him, then he's probably pretty good. That's fantastic. It's such logic. It's so good. So if it's a wave election on November 8th, Republicans clearly are going to win the House. They'll win the Senate as well in a wave election. But let's break it down because in order to win the Senate, Oz losing to Fetterman, if he does, that's a loss. That's a Republican seat. So it's not like, oh, my God, that was a chance to to win the majority. That's losing one of the ones you already had. So that's that concerns me. Warnock is a communist. He might win in Georgia. It's hard to believe. Isn't that? It's terrible to say that, but it's it's hard to believe. It's even I, I want to choke on it when I say it. But 
you, you can't comfortably sit here this morning, Rick, on the Hurley in the Morning program and actually say you're comfortable that Herschel Walker is going to win Georgia, no, right? No. Now, he can win. He could win. And he is improving. You know, they were calling him dumb and all these things. Republicans always dumb. By the way, how come when you're African-American and Republican, they can say all kinds of things about you and you're not a racist? Right, because um, we panic and let them do it. We panic and let them do it. And they don't care. So so the, if you mention George Soros, you're an anti-Semite. Right. right? But, but if you attack Lee Zeldin, you're not an anti-Semite. Right? I mean, it just works one way. And our people just panic all the time. And what I learned from Democrats is never defend, always attack. They're attacking you, attack them back. Following the November general election, will Murkowski still be a United States senator from Alaska? That's a, that's a toss-up question. That's really right? close, that's isn't it? We don't, you know, and Alaska is such a unique world. that, And now they have that ranked choice, crazy voting over there. And now, could they... Could they hurt each other, or does that help the Republicans, the rank system? Trubisky was a very close second uh, to um, Murkowski, so they're all in that top See, here's four runoff. How many of Murkowski's second-place votes go to, to Trubisky? Trubisky that, uh, I know. It's and uh, how many of her second-place votes go to Murkowski? I don't know. Right. See, that's the question. This rank so voting is, is, is terrible. is going to try to get their people not to second-vote the other person. Yeah. And uh, why do they do that system? Isn't it terrible? It's because they did it with a ballot question and they suckered people in the voting. It's just awful. I mean, whoever gets the most votes should win. I used to be a big INR fan. I've kind of changed my mind on that because of. I don't mind straight up INR, but this thing of ranked voting and they say, oh, you didn't really win because somebody somebody got more second place votes. So they win now. What? Yep. I mean, that's, well, that happened in Maine with uh, the Republican congressman up there in Poliquin losing to uh, Bruce Golden because of the, the libertarians. I remember that. Voted now, more for the Democrats. Who who are races that we should be talking about right now, Senate-wise, that are going to be the deciders here? Well, Nevada's one. Nevada's Laxalt, and yeah. it's looking very good and for him. People, a lot of people are talking about Washington now, State. Now, is that a pickup? Or that is, would be a pickup. So that's great. And Washington State, even though she's not really a conservative, Tiffany Smiley's got a real shot there. I, I pulled Patty Murray. I mean, Patty Murray's been there 30 years, and it's just, you know, she just doesn't really have much of a base on the left. If they, if Republicans win both of them that you just mentioned, would that mean that Republicans will have the majority, if you had to say? Yeah, because even if they lost Georgia and Pennsylvania, they're still, they would be up one. Uh, and, and, and there's, you know, who knows what... I was thinking Colorado was a possibility until this guy Joe O'Day gets up there and makes his ad saying that he's pro-abortion and pro-gay marriage. And, and I'll never vote to ban contraception as if that's an issue. I remember right. Cory Gardner in Colorado. Right. And uh, I thought he got done dirty. I thought he was a very good senator. Uh, Colorado's tough for Republicans. But, but Gardner's problem was that a lot of conservatives were just not enthusiastic about him because he was so busy trying to be woke and moderate. Yeah. That it just... He well, just, he's counting the state he's in. You know, you right. got to it's like Murkowski in in Alaska. She's not willing to go too far to the right. Well, Alaska is like a hardcore right wing state. Should be. She's, yeah. You know, the problem is in Colorado, you moving to the left, like like Joe O'Day saying he's pro-abortion. He's not going to get any pro-abortion people to vote for him. He's just going to be pro-life people saying, I can't vote for this guy. And wait, you know, I'm going to vote on abortion. Well, you know, for a lot of people, that's an important issue. What are a, lot, you, a lot of people can't vote for pro-abortion candidates. Five minutes left. What are your odds that Republicans win the House? Oh, it's like a pretty much a, a done deal. Yeah, like close to 100%, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I agree. And the Senate, I couldn't even guess on. 
I'm, I'm going to say Senate is 50-50. Yeah. It's a 50-50 Senate. Yeah. Uh, I would hate to see it stay there. For me, in the end, I'm okay if we only win the House because at least you can stop Oh, no. Biden. We got to get the Senate. I, no, I know. Well, got we the need federal that. judges. They're going to go crazy. I agree. Crazy with we the need that for judges and things like that. And they're going like to get that. rid of the filibuster. The, and they're going to the, do a lot of things. It's going to be really bad. If the Senate stays Democrat, either by 50 50 or 50 149, if they actually pick up one, uh, in two years, it's gone. Democrats are defending 13 seats, and they've got a number of people that cannot win. Yep. It goes either now or it goes in two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Will we have a Republican president in two years? Well, we could. You know, and here's the other interesting thing. Suppose that Biden gets out, something happens, whatever, and Kamala goes becomes president. But now they've got to pick a new vice president, and it's a 50-50 Senate. So who are they going to pick? And there's nobody to break a tie. So they have a real problem there. Because if that happens, then the next in line is the Republican Speaker of the yes, House. that's at true. At that point. So now... yeah. That gets who knows? that gets. We messy. could have a crazy couple of years coming up. Now, I, I, that's not as far fetched as it sounds. I, I, I want to think about that further. Or even if Republicans had the Senate, yeah. then, then President Kamala has to pick a VP. They has to get fifty one or so yeah. Republican senators. For those who don't know how it works, after a presidential election, the House picks the president, and the Senate picks the vice president. That's how it works. Well, yes, that's true. So you got that, too. The House would be if nobody gets a majority in the Electoral College. Correct, which we're not going to have if it was a tie. Which is what George Wallace is trying to pull off. That's correct. Uh, And there is a weird mathematical way that it could turn out to be a tie. But that's not probably going to happen. That's long long shot stuff. Uh, Closing comment. I think it's uh, it's everything's up to turnout. And it's uh, it's up to Republicans to make sure that their that their message is very clear that they're energizing people to come out and vote. Not worry about the other side's voters. Not worry about who they're going to offend. They have to worry about who they're going to energize because this is a turnout election more than the, any other. The in it, to to scoot ahead to the presidential election in two years because you know that campaign the, the midnight and one second after November eighth that twenty twenty four presidential election as you know. Is on. Officially starts. It's officially on, and, and it'll be on big time. The Republican nominee, uh, this I know, the Republican nominee will either be President Trump or Governor DeSantis. Do we agree on that? I think so, yes. I don't think there's anybody else that could be either of them. Nobody traction. Who would be the better general election candidate? DeSantis. And I've polled this, and I've seen it. I mean, in Bergen County, which Trump lost by 14, I polled that about earlier in the year. I only had Trump down six. DeSantis, DeSantis was in a dead heat. So the, the, there's a certain number of people who will not vote for Trump. There's a certain number of people who will only vote for Trump. But I think the people who would not vote for Trump but would vote for another Republican are greater than those that would only vote for Trump and no other Republican. And Kamala Harris uh, will not be the nominee. Democrats, I mean, she was out less than 1%. In the Democratic she primary. She did well in my Iowa poll. I mean, Buddha Judge was ahead of her. Isn't that shocking? Yeah. But, you know, but, but she got more second, third place votes. Uh, I say that's just familiarity. It's, just familiar. it's like, I got to yes. think of the name. And, you know right. the name. But no now, one's really who come will, out there. Who will be the Democrat nominee? We're in agreement, Rick. It's not going to be Joe Biden. And we're not being mean. He just, he can't do it. He's not going to be well enough to be able to do it. He's not going to be well enough, I don't think, to finish the, the next two years strong. So he's not going to be the nominee. Who
Who will be the nominee? Boy, that's a tough one because they're all so bad. In a crazy way, and I think he's completely unacceptable. You should just look at the flight out of California. I think Newsom is the overdog right well, now. Well, because he could raise the money. Uh, Elizabeth Warren still actually got some support, but I think she's just like the last generation. Yeah. Interestingly enough, her support's very strong with younger voters, say. That is that is surprising. Right? Yeah. But uh, because she's kind of taken over the Bernie mantle. Uh, Bernie runs again. No, Bernie he, don't want to run. I think he, he won't he, again. I think he I mean, will. because Bernie's not going to be his 80s, so. yeah. But he's still sharp, him. though. Yeah, but I don't see him running for that at this point. I think he is going to run. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's, you know, he's. I don't know. He might. You never know. You never know what these. I mean, he totally, he totally thinks he got ripped off. Remember, South Carolina, Clyburn, and the South Carolina firewall. Joe Biden was on the ropes, and then the Democrats said, "We can't have a socialist as our nominee." Right, and that's when it all went Biden's way. Thirty seconds. Clyburn has a lot of a lot of pull there. Very South Carolina primary. They were lucky that was the next primary. Biden was on the ropes. Well, and and uh, not only that, it delivered the black vote in other states. The South Carolina primary is about seventy five percent black now, and uh, so what that did was in these other states where we had all the Super Tuesday Southern states coming up, the states, the primaries in every one of those states, majority black. That got Biden right through that whole bunch of states. And at that point, his lead was insurmountable. So the, the South Carolina thing, because it comes just before Super Tuesday, is so significant in that sense. Rick, a lot of fun. Great. Thank you. Have Good to see you. See you another time. Been way too long, but we do talk. Rick Shafton, when uh, we come back next in 19 hours and 54 minutes, we will be on the boardwalk in Atlantic City at the largest midweek air show in America, the Meet AC. Atlantic City Air Show. Cannot wait. We have an amazing five-hour 